No, every little bit helps. In fact, I believe we are live right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Break the Rules stream. I am your host, Lev Polyakov. It is a great pleasure to be here with you all today. And uh, like Glink is helping us right now, same thing I expect from every single last one of you because we depend on you for growth. And when we grow, everybody else grows and the ship, uh, you know, the tide raises all ships and all that, all that good stuff. Anyway, I am Lev Poe on Twitter. We got my main man, Giovanni Penicieri, a giant geo. We got Slush TV joining us once again from a wonderful episode that we had with him last week. And last but certainly not least, we have Glink, the great filmmaker, documentarian. I don't like, what would you, I mean, you say filmmaker, what would be the most appropriate title you'd say for your work? Personally, I'd say it transcends uh, different categorizations because you have a little bit of like filmmaking within that. But let me know what you think. Um, so I don't, it's, it's hard to pin down because my entire point from the beginning has just been to kind of try new things. And specifically when it comes to editing and, and um, making videos, like that was always what has kept me interested. I've definitely chased trends before, like anyone, any other YouTuber, but it's just always like, I think me and Sam are pretty similar in that way that we're both uh, slush, I mean, we were both like pretty quickly uninterested in making videos on the same exact, you know, topic or same exact formula even. And that's, I think why we relate, but yes, for, for me specifically, that's just something I've always uh, found more interesting, you know? Uh, so I guess, and I've grown to call that filmmaking because now I'm incorporating a lot of my own footage. I'm going on location. I'm kind of like presenting shots with the idea of it being conveyed in a certain way on video, you know, when it's like, what else do you call that other than a filmmaker? Or in my case, I guess I'm sort of a documentarian, but uh, that sounds too pretentious. Hmm. Well, you guys are both uh, amazing filmmakers and uh, you are right now in the midst of uh, whatever the hell this whole thing is that all of us are going through. And I want to get into that a little bit later in discussion. But uh, first, I just want to ask a little bit about your uh, Armenian background. There was a great video you did about your identity, talking about Noah's Ark. And believe me, we're going to we're going to get into Noah's Ark. <laughs> uh, believe you me. But uh, that's, that's what perfect. were you? Yes. Were you born in Armenia? Did you come here from Armenia or second generation? Okay. Uh, I, yeah, this is where it gets weird because you, I'll, I'll explain to you my Armenian background, uh, but you're going to notice that not even everything about it is kind of atypical. Okay. Let me explain. Oh, geez. See, I feel like I'm doxing myself though. <laughs> <laughs> All according to oh, plan. Shit. <laughs> it's finally, you're, who are you working for? Uh, well, you know, Lev be, be, is uh, Mossad, so that's. that's <laughs> no, I'm not Mossad. Well, I'll say, I'm, I'm, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm not Mossad. <laughs> I'm Mahappy. That's what I am. I'm Mahappy. <laughs> so he admits it. So he admits it. He'll, he, uh, yeah, he'll answer his cell phone in the middle of a stream, and then you'll know it's Dude. That's his handler. No <laughs> way. We've already uncovered well, a conspiracy in the first like five minutes of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's a running conspiracy. No, what, what's actually funny, though, uh, is that 
what I'm doing a lot on these streams is I'm kind of outing people who work for the Russian government. Uh, <laughs> That's why you're having us on. Go on the streams. <laughs> Sam is Russian. Either... Yeah, why who you telling go on the bro? streams or... Uh, because I feel like this is something that if you try to hide it, uh, there was an interesting conversation I was listening to before about psychics. And uh, when they were talking about like the remote viewers, they were talking about how if you try to hide something more than in the uh, psychic metaverse or astral realm or whatever you want to call it, it gets that much more um, Attention. visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because there's a lot of energy that's oh, devoted yeah. to hiding version. something. So it's, it's yes, the energy exactly. version. Yeah. Careful what secrets you keep. Exactly. Well, that's why exactly. I'm here. I'm a Russian ass, and I'm paid off by Putin. Okay. <laughs> so well, I'm glad Peter we're all on the same page paid off then. by Putin. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's why you love Dugan so much. Yeah, well, well Glink, when is your when is your Thiel checks drop? Mine drops around, I don't know, Thursday or so. It's usually on the 20, <laughs> 20th or the 21st. It's kind of inconsistent, actually. I'm a little bit yeah. worried about that. Yeah, I know. Mm. I'm wondering. Like, the Thiel bucks has been kind of, like, uh, drying up a little bit. I mean, we need to get... Um, it's the... It's the um, it's the supply chain. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Yeah, we gotta be thirst posting hard for those Theo bucks. Uh, but uh, Philip Daniel over here in the chat, he uh, has the following question to kind of break it down a little bit more. Glink, are you Ottoman Armenian, Russian Armenian, or Iranian Armenian? And he guesses Iranian Armenian, but interesting. I don't know. Take take the floor. I don't think that's, that's doxable. Fi- I mean, a, that's that's a pretty like nuanced physiognomy take right there. <laughs> but, <laughs> so interesting. Is it, are you ending there with interesting? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's in a way it's true. In a way it's not. I'll say this: my family is Iranian Armenian, but I'm not. I'm American Armenian. I was born here. So I'm like first generation immigrant, essentially. And here's the weird part, though. Most Armenians that are born in the U.S., by most, I mean, like, I don't know the exact numbers, but if I were to guess, like, anywhere from, like, 80% to maybe 90% of them live in the same general area uh, of Los Angeles, uh, north, it's like northeast, basically, Glendale and um, Burbank and now North Hollywood and other parts of town, too. But basically, that region of the city is heavily populated by Armenians and they have a pretty tight knit community. Well, I was born in Glendale, sort of the capital of this Armenian community within Los Angeles. <clears throat> and um, and basically, we when I was a year old, we moved to Las Vegas, which is, I mean, it's basically a desert. There's in terms of environment, but also in terms of culture and in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, yeah. connection. Wait, to you don't you don't consider Siegfried and Roy to be culture? What's wrong with you? Yeah, no, and, and gambling and you know, strip culture, whatever, all that. It's like the most degenerate form of uh society to be honest i mean it's fun for a weekend escape you know and i don't live in the city but you know you're still affected by that i think growing up as a kid um in more subtle so, ways so you see like a lot of elderly porn stars walking around or what exactly uh no, is the environment like it's like there's billboards you know on every freeway 
that will sometimes be quite suggestive or they'll just be extreme advertisements that are associated with the strip uh, because they're catering towards tourists, which is the vast majority of people who fly into Vegas and who uh, a big part of the economy basically rests on tourism. And so, you know, for example, if you're using a dating app in Las Vegas, you are going to get mostly tourists actually, uh, or like at least maybe not mostly, but maybe, I don't know, a solid 50 to 60%. So it's kind of, uh, it shapes the culture in that way. But I think in other ways too, just in terms of community, there's not, there's definitely not a strong sense of, uh, cultural community here. Well, I want to get to yeah, (laughs) yeah, that too. Yeah, it's hot as fuck and dry, but it's mystical. It's mystical. The the vault, the vault. It's also just rotating around, aren't they? (laughs) You know, it's not all bad though, because I'll say there's mountains around here, and mountains are mountains give you something to look forward to. They give you something to look at. They give you a a height to aspire to be on top of. Hmm. If you're someone who's interested in climbing, I guess, but. Is, yeah. is it a similar thing you'd say when you went to Armenia and uh, you saw Mount Ararat? Yeah. Exactly. That's oh, exactly right. And, and by the way, they should give that mountain back to the Armenian people. Uh, I'm oh, serious oh, oh, here. Oh, okay? we're Am I... the chat? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Because that was taken under uh, the genocide. Yeah. You know? which is why that's such a focal point of Armenian history and culture and uh, identity. I mean, I don't really talk about it that much because it's like, I guess I don't know how to, uh, I don't know. It seems like a difficult thing to just process publicly. Like that doesn't really make sense. I don't know to me. It's it's, it's just something you have to know as a piece of information because it happened Mm. in the past and it's, unfortunate like that's just kind of how i view yeah. it you know not to say that it wasn't horrible and everything but it's like how could i i can't empathize on that level being the being as disconnected as i am yeah in a way if that makes sense no it uh it does make sense to me i'm also an immigrant i'm uh, originally from uh, saint petersburg russia and i'm part russian from my dad's side to part jewish from my mom's side and so obviously you know the jewish side definitely had the history of you know the pogroms and all that happening in that area so i don't have that much of a connection to it but i always wonder how much do these things end up trickling down in terms of people who are alive today the various experiences that their ancestors had like uh what's uh, what's your take on that I think there's definitely truth to that, for sure. You definitely carry the burden of your ancestors on, you know, what might, maybe some will say is a psychological level, but I think is deeper than that. Like I would call it, you know, it's calling it spiritual level sounds pretentious, but it's like, it's just trying to say that there's a, some deeper like emotional connection to something that stems from, you know, a lineage, a lineage of family that have, went gone through something and they always pass down the thing with a lineage is that you pass down the good traits and bad traits you know and i think there's people are complicated and it's it's hard to like fully um you can choose which parts of yourself to identify with 
in that regard. But I think certain people with more familial history that's gone through more traumas, let's say, to put it one way, I don't know, there's maybe a better way to put it, but they, they have more baggage to sort of, that's just on them. That's just uh, a part of them as a part of who they are, or you could call it baggage, or you could just call it like a lesson or something that it's a, it's a truth that you have to live with. There was this uh, <laughs> gentleman named Rudolf Steiner. Have you heard of him? No. So he would, I think, be a very fascinating person for you to take a look at. He originally started with uh, uh, the uh, uh, Helena Blavatsky circle, all those cats. But then he started having his own thing called uh, astrotheology, I think. So originally he was a theosophist. Then he branched out and did his own thing. And uh, Steiner has very practical things when it comes to spirituality. But he also talks about... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, evolution or the changes that humanity goes through in various levels. So he would speak about Atlantis. He would speak about, you know, like root races, things of that nature. His whole thing, from what I understand, is that humanity started out as more of this spectral substance where the organs and all the stuff hasn't really developed. It's more of like when you have a character in Maya, let's say, and they haven't been fully fleshed out with the skin and texture and all that, they're just kind of like wireframes. Kind of like an Alex Gray painting. That's the closest thing I would imagine to what a Steiner may have mm. been alluding to. And uh, from what I get, his whole idea is that... I know what Alex Gray yeah. paintings are. They're like the Tool album covers. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. The DMT yeah. trip bodies is yeah. pretty cool. So it's kind of like uh, the astral bodies being uh, the main things in view. And then afterwards, at least my interpretation of it is that we get really attached to living in a right. material reality, right. at which point everything starts to become uh, material that we're used to, and all of us unanimously agree <laughs> upon this reality the being the one. Mm -hmm. Dude, you're, exactly, exactly. This is what my conclusion to my upcoming video is right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I there completely we go. know what you mean, yes. Well, with uh, specifically though, with Steiner, oh, 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 hold on one second. Specifically with Steiner, though, just to finish this point, his idea is that in the past, human beings, they were, let's say, in much closer closer tribes, so there would be a lot more, let's say, uh, close-knit blood going on, but I guess at that time, the um, deformities that we see today didn't really play out for whichever reason, who knows, you know, with inbreeding and stuff, but his idea is that because <clears throat> there was this closeness of blood, you didn't really have your own individual consciousness. Mm. Rather, your consciousness was a series of continuations within your entire lineage, so you would be living the same life that you're... Uh, father lived and their father and so on and so forth like you would be aware at the same time of everything that they've gone through so what we spoke about earlier with people experiencing trauma that would be played out in real time but not on the level of the individual being as aware of themselves as an individual right and steiner's whole point was that when people like tribes started uh, you know to interact and mix around with other tribes then they lost the psychic abilities but what they gained in return was this understanding of the i this understanding of me being this individual person which is both real and fake you know what i mean like you know that whole hippie thing of we are all one man it's not but just a hippie i thing. think yeah True, but it's like people, I don't want to go down the um, New Age rabbit hole as much, partly because I think New Ageism has been, ha has tarnished itself a bit. And it was a glowy operation, to, yeah. Lev, that was another... 
as Hold on, explain that. I'm not going to let you go about that. Why, why was it a lowly operation? Let's, let's okay. break it down. A lot of the, uh, there was always a relation between, I don't want to like go down the logo camp lot bullshit, but like I think there was an, uh, sort of certain entities within various intelligence. The agencies. Bohemian Grove. Yeah, ex yeah, the Bohemian Grove. Exactly. Uh, me and Mike Hansen infiltrated Bohemian Grove. They, they, uh, they, they thought I was a gay prostitute. <laughs> it's true. Alex Jones was that attractive back in the day to be thought he of was, as a gay a prostitute. Yeah. Um, well, but even back in the 19th century, um, there's rumors that MI6 and various writers who were involved in certain orders that had some ties to certain organizations were probably cultivating various let's call it eclectic appropriations of like new age beliefs because that's ultimately the problem with the new age is that you're sort of like taking like a like a buffet menu cart of like different wisdom traditions and putting them together i mean it's it's kind of like that's always the fatal flaw of, i feel like you know, this is yeah. this is exactly what a future critic of my to be released video would say so now i need to change <laughs> the script oh damn well because you uh, just gave a great skeptical argument against new age spirituality. Oh no. And, and the thing is, it's not that it's wrong or like, uh, it's not a basis in something. It's just that the way that the new age appropriated it. And then later on the way that various corporate and government forces contorted yeah. a lot of those ideas mm. like even silicon that, valley sure. like you know turned it oh, into yeah with the microdosing and all yeah, that microdosing but, I... but also like mindfulness oh come on dude microdosing is great though <laughs> okay i could give you well, hold dude. on we're gonna okay you're probably not gonna like me so very is macrodosing I... by the way well hold on you're you're especially then not gonna like what i'm about to okay. say but i'm gonna say but i'm gonna say it anyway because i because i want to be true to myself okay my take on psychedelics is, okay, so Glink, imagine everybody, imagine if we could do anything we want. If we can like teleport, if we can go into the astral right now, yeah. boom, you know, we can do whatever we want. We can join up with Sneed and Chuck over there in my- uh, Yeah, uh, I feel the, like uh, I am the, already joining with them right now, what, just exactly. watching your background. You're going to Sneed. And speaking of Sneed, by the way, Sneed those super chats right now. But anyway- Is Sneeding like, is sneeding like raving? Kind of? I, no, I just turned it into a verb to imply pay us money. Because I could see that being a dance is. where you kind of go like... <laughs> the Sneed. The Sneed dance? Really like crapcore <laughs> back in the day. Kind of, yeah. I, I, yeah, I see it as like a uh, blind man and elephant type of thing where Sneed kind of becomes whatever you want it to. But in terms of psychedelics, mm. the reason why I say like imagine if you could do whatever you want mm. is it seems like there's nothing to work on. It's like that... It's like that Twilight Zone episode where this uh, where this degenerate gambling mafioso goes to, sorry to spoil it, uh, he goes to what he thinks is heaven, where he gets to bang any prostitute he wants. He always wins whenever he plays, uh, you know, any of those uh, Las Vegas games. But in the end, he finds out that he's actually in hell because when there's nothing that you have to fight for in terms of utilizing your willpower when everything's kind of given to you and i'm looking at this as like the ultimate example like way 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 far off as far as what we uh don't want to uh, experience i think but in terms of psychedelics to me it seems like and i have done psychedelics before i've done uh, mushrooms i've done the terence mckenna heroic dose uh, you know the uh six grams i believe but my intuition right now tells me that 
when you break open the door before your own willpower is ready to experience it, uh, I'd say, you know, I'm sure once it's not going to hurt, but when this happens a lot, then it's like you're atrophying certain willpower that you would otherwise have to employ in order to actually experience the sober. And the other reason why I think this is the case is I've been doing, even before the psychedelics, I started doing the Wim Hof method. As everybody in the chat knows, so I know you're already, this is an old story for you. But anyway, I start, it's not an old story for Glink. And it's sort of an old story for Slush because I mentioned it on the previous I'm stream. I'm aware of Wim Hof and the Wim Hof method. So you know then what the, uh, what the capabilities are there of achieving. Yeah, it doesn't it I feel like I feel like we're two Saiyans powering up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so you're, this is I, I, <laughs> you're, okay. You're probably maybe we're both in KO Ken. Well, it depends on where your where your I, Kundalini is. I think <laughs> that's the uh, that's the marker of uh, okay. how it works. KO Ken is kind of red, so it's kind of a lower vibration, isn't it? True. Well, that's that's <laughs> it's like the stream one. entry lev in uh, in the Bardo state. It's like the first one in uh, Oh man, you guys are saying so many things that I Okay, Sam, <laughs> come on. Sam, okay, wait. That's can we like elementary so Wait, you know what you know what Bardo is? You know, Bardo that's from, Bardo is yeah, one that's from Wait, no, no. Isn't that no. from Super Mario? No. Too? No, no, no. Bardo <laughs> Bardo is when Mo dies and Homer Simpson decides to continue his legacy, so he makes a bar and calls it Bardo. Oh. D-O-H, Bardo. I got it. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Allow me to interject because I feel like Go Sam has a lot to say. Or I mean, we're kind of getting in the weeds here, possibly for for some yeah. people. But I think Sam can bring us back down to earth. Well, I mean, first of all, I just want to like what you were talking about, like uh, atrophying willpower or whatever. I feel like, so like I feel like there's there's like two selves. There's like the self you can that's constructed and then there's like the underlying more universal self that you get to peek at when you do psychedelics or uh you know you can persistently experience through intense meditation over a long period of time through bardo stream entry um, same thing so i think that like the the underlying self not the one that isn't constructed that from that perspective there is no need to do anything everything is already perfect as is and like i could totally see a lack of willpower from there because there's no need for willpower uh, but i do think that because psychedelics are a peak experience uh and anyone who gets an insight into that is like i don't think it atrophies their uh desire to to achieve that again like i think that it's going to depend on the person right like if you're someone who is interested in connecting with that underlying self then i think the psychedelics will actually just encourage it whereas i think for the average person who doesn't think about these things maybe they experience it maybe they come out with like a temporarily uh somewhat dissolved some dissolving going going on with their ego and so they there's maybe like a, a period of lessened will so to speak but it builds back up as conditions continue to pile on it's very much uh, possible my uh, concern if i can uh, concise it would be not even the willpower but it would also be 
are you prematurely opening a door that later on you would discover? And is there a difference between opening it up through psychedelics uh, before you can actually do it through meditation concentration? Mm. So this, this is pretty yeah, interesting. That is another I, I That's a good did, point. Um, I did shrooms this weekend with, and my brother did it for his first time. And uh, he actually talked about this exact thing, right? During his trip. He's, he actually said like, I saw too much too early. He's like, I'm too young for how much wisdom I just gained today. That's what he said to me. Cause he, he had like the most profound experience I've ever witnessed in my entire life on someone on shrooms. Like he had visions of his future and he experienced like extreme joy and sorrow to the point where like he felt complete detachment from both. And that like allowed him to experience like quote unquote infinite love. And like he went through like this insane, like he, he, he opened some, some chakra gates he opened some doorways man yeah he opened like the love chakra like super hardcore and uh but he was like like i'm too young for this that's what he said he's like i'm not ready for this i need to like get my life in order and like fulfill all like the selfish desires and stuff like that and exhaust all of that before coming back to this because mm. i asked him like are you gonna start meditating with me now and he's like not yet <laughs> <laughs> well legend uh legend smart. goes that's smart i think like that's why um, for time immemorial, these things were accompanied by like various mystery schools and yeah. rites of initiation that the, uh, what does Alex Jones call them? The pit <laughs> of all demon goblins that they are, <laughs> they do DMT and they see the David Icke uh, reptilians. Um, <laughs> no, but I think behind that bombast, there is sort of a reason this came up. We had, um. I don't know if you know the writer Daniel. Oh, I shouldn't even mention it, Lev. That stream was a fucking disaster. No, no, we had go for my it. My friend Owen Cyclops, for those who don't know, he's a great popular artist on Twitter, illustrator, and he's had experience with both um, Buddhism and psychedelics, but he went back to his roots in non denominational Christianity. And we had uh, the psychedelic writer Daniel Pinchback on. And uh, it's funny because, like, like Owen was approaching it very tactfully about the criticisms of relying on psychedelics rather than some more um, conventional practice. And it was like really awkward and, and like just very like, ugh, like, ugh. but it's funny. Like I, I noticed that a lot of people who are in like that sort of community, especially online that more or less came up like around the 2010s when like, Terrence McKenna experienced a new wave of popularity. It seems like with indie I, rock music. Exactly. Yeah. It seems that We're like indie uh, rockers, man. Yeah. Like, uh, what was the band? I think it was like, Fucking uh, losers. Um, <laughs> was it the band, Te the gent band textures or was it, uh, that quoted like the Alan Watts speech, but, um, no, the, Oh, like, Alan Watts is based. Oh yeah. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> both alan watts the alan watt guy who's like alex jones then alan watts of course the oh, really the guru. yeah what there was the another fuck? radio host alan watt fuck? oh that's uh, who that was. i was like that's not alan watts no that's too different like yeah that's but so he weird. died recently. wait wait are, are you talking about I, I think i know who you're talking about you're talking about richard alpert no 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 and alan watt is the guy with the beard no no but the, the no but the guy like i'm thinking the guy the like british alan guy. watts the british yeah the guy, british guy alan that's watts. alan watt yeah yeah and then alan watts is of course the british guru they're both british actually. yeah the but british then there was guru. but then there was a uh, richard alpert who i think i'm not ram sure if he was working with ram das exactly he was working with uh he's still alive actually hold no he's died ram he died yeah, guys, don't worry. Reincarnation, am I right? 
<laughs> I have to Google yeah. this. Now. Anyways, my point was being is that a lot of them, unfortunately, ironically enough, like almost lack a form of introspection because I think when you have like a sort of they're all fucking losers, man. <laughs> <laughs> like when you sort of, I think when you view it as like a alchemical stone that can answer all of life's questions, I think that's when a lot of people. That's when you lose the plot. It's true. Exactly. You lose the plot. And unfortunately, I think a lot of like grifters and gurus over the years, probably some of them even directly. <laughs> like, grifters, like, gurus. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. You could have just well, said one or the other. <laughs> they both start with a G. Both, That's all I got. Hey, gurus and, uh, careful with that. <laughs> I take offense. <laughs> Grifter link. <laughs> but um, no, another thing you talked about Las Vegas. Um, it, it's funny Can how we like stop uh, talking about Las Vegas. We've talked about it too much. <laughs> yeah, no, we no, got no, one one last observation. Le leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Le Vegas. That was a great a good, movie, by the way. That's a good. Yeah. <laughs> idea. It's um it, it's no, idea. it's ironic. I remember hearing this one interview about like I forget where it may have been Rogan. Um it's like the playground for the slaves, right? And like hypercapitalist modernity. But yet at the same time it's also like the desert has always been a haven for like mystics and desert fathers and gurus and mm. there is a flip side. Yeah. The thing it's about like the, the profane desert and the sacred, you know. There's a quote I've always liked by uh in lawrence of arabia mm. i like the desert it's clean because it is just a vast open landscape it kind of gives you perspective it's kind of like the world is your canvas it's good for the imagination sometimes is what i'm saying yeah mm. kind of like one of those uh uh, Buddhist, uh, no, the uh, Shintoist gardens, or are they Buddhist gardens? I don't remember, but the ones in Japanese, I think it's Buddhist. Yeah. Well, those are so those are a better kind of nature, but yeah, nature in general is just better than a dry desert. But I'm just saying, you can get some sort mm. of some sort of perspective at just like the sameness of everything in the mm -hmm. desert. Well, just to be clear, the ones I'm talking about, they're uh, rock gardens, so it's actually kind of like having your own little desert in uh, your environment. Mm. Here, let me put a picture of it. And for those who don't know, by the way, you see this little window over here in, uh, in our conversation. If you become a patron, patreon.com slash break the rules, you get to post whatever image you want here, except for the ones that'll get us banned. Because <laughs> that'll be really bad. <laughs> yes, patreon.com slash break the rules. I'm going to post the link as well. But here, here is one of the, uh, one of the pictures of the gardens. So it's very nice and oh, peaceful wow. over here. It is kind of like having a little desert of your own, right? Yeah, it is. Very zen. So, that's what the desert's kind of like, yeah. And uh, I guess that's why Jesus also meditated in the desert. Mm -hmm. The, des the mm -hmm. desert was... Uh, it was a necessary least, part of uh, yeah. ascension. I'm telling yeah, you, exactly. the, the desert is mystical. There's something about death and mysticism. That, that... Yes, yes. You're closer to death, and it gives you perspective, much like shrooms. There was a great quote about death that I'm going to look up later, but uh, I want actually to, shrooms uh, kind of bring you closer yeah. to life. All of it, life. the death of the self, the death of the self, self for the gain of all of life. By the way, someone in the chat said something about like to show me uh, someone who's not falsely enlightened that's into psychedelics. I'll name three people right now that started off in psychedelics and ended up being the like uh, I don't know. Like obviously, I can't prove anything, but like. I would consider these people to be like living in a, in a persistent state of no self, non-duality. Uh, Shinzen Young, Daniel M. Ingram, and Michael Taft. Look up any of those guys. Uh, all like totally 
they're full of a lot of great wisdom. Uh, one of them even has a book that is has instructions on how to reach enlightenment called Deconstructing. I actually have it here. What's it called? It's like a... Let me grab it. It's right here. It's called Mastering the Core Teachings of the Buddha. Looks like this. So yeah, just to answer that person's question, mm. look up those people. Maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll be interested. I uh, definitely shall. And uh, there is a quote which I believe is attributed to Richard Wagner, which goes, "Nature invented death to have more life." Wait, was that question just for Sam or also for me? No, what it's question? for everybody. Okay. Let me. It uh, wasn't a question though. But, a uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, not no, no. The qu the question you were addressing before what he was saying. Oh, I I just saw in the chat someone said that, and I wanted oh, okay. to like. Mm. respond that's what i was talking about oh gotcha so when it comes to uh not leaving las vegas you're still in las vegas but you got a lot of beautiful uh imagery there in your uh documentaries when you were in those pipes and everything like that oh, and, thank uh, you. I, and i really and I, yeah this is going to be the ass kissing portion of the show uh, where i'm just going to keep say it to a minimum you are. i've got to do the job i got to keep my <laughs> ego in check please keep it to a minimum i've got to put you over as they say in wrestling so. Yes, but uh, let me see. I mean, no, I love all your documentaries. Uh, uh, some of my favorites is the one that you did about California. I mean, that's the really big one where you got to uh, go around and uh, speak with a lot of these very uh, interesting uh, people. And do you still communicate with any of them, like uh, that gentleman, the homeless gentleman with the uh, colored hair? Interesting that you ask that question because... Um... I've learned as a filmmaker that you need to um, sometimes keep some distance between you and the people you're filming in the sense that you don't want to make it too personal, you know, especially if you don't uh, know someone very well. I think it's okay to have strangers on at a certain surface level, but to have a deep personal uh i don't know i don't know or at least i don't know if that's something i'm interested in doing because you kind of bear more responsibility on what happens to them the more you the deeper you go into their story and into who they are and uh you don't want i, I guess you as somebody who's making making something out of it, trying to show other people, trying to share their story. If you, as the person filming it, get too close, too attached on a personal level or too um, biased or whatever it is, that could cloud um, the content, obviously. Hmm. What about after the fact? So after the content is already out there, does it change? <laughs> does what change? The relationship, the potential, yeah, the potential relationship you may have um, later on with uh, not necessarily. No, no, I think after that, it's it is fine. And I have kept up with uh, Jem Bob, yeah. In fact, I was following him around and filming with him, but that, well, it's kind of a different story. But that's, I mean, nothing happened that was uh, negative or anything, it was just like, I guess, uh, I wasn't. Um, hmm. 
I wasn't sure about how involved I should be in the situation that arose. Not that it was a big situation, but it involved um, it involved other people being responsible for more people than I bargained for in a temporary situation, if that makes sense. You know, like driving people around and so forth. So that's that's something that you want to do because you want to be a nice person, obviously. But uh, there's a limit to that, of course, as well as there as there is sure. with all forms of generosity. Well, it's kind of like uh, your documentary about the uh, world of uh, e-girls and simp's. Oh, we'll yeah. get to that. We gotta yeah. save that lab. That's gonna yeah. be. Oh, jeez. We got. We gotta save. We can gotta I, save okay, that chest. Before we yeah. get there, can I? I'm gonna. I need to put on a, a sweater. I'll be right back. All right, yeah, sure. go go put okay, on the sweater. I'll be right back. I was actually uh, thinking of putting on. Unfortunately, it was not what I thought it was. I have uh, somewhere a green screen suit. One of these days, I want to put on a green screen suit so that I'm gonna have just like a disembodied head you floating be around. I could be Sneed. Actually, I I came this close to being Sneed during our episode with Max Derrett. For those who don't know, Max is a uh, wonderful uh, content creator. I did the uh, esoteric uh, Sonic the Hedgehog video for his channel. And uh, because his avatar is a Simpsons uh, style avatar, I decided to turn myself yellow using the filters here in OBS. So you're racist. Yes, that's the closest I go. came. I was a I was a racist. Uh, it's like when Sneed. It's like when Boris Karlov was playing a uh, Chinese detective <laughs> back in the twenties. Yeah. <laughs> well, there were there were some people who were able to get away with it, like uh, get away with it, meaning that it was uh, such a good performance, it didn't even matter. Yeah. So Christopher Lee, for example, he played the founder of Pakistan. And uh, oh, wow. the family, yeah, the family of that founder were very uh, grateful that he did such huh. a... There we go. Now you got it. it. I know. Last time with the... Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, this don't worry at all. so bad. I don't know. Just a it all, it all ends up working out working out in the end. But uh, but anyway, uh, 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 the, Slush... T- yeah. Yeah, let's ask Slush before Clink comes back on about... Like, being a filmmaker, like, I'm just starting to, like, put my own youtube content even though i've been a lurker on youtube for like god i want to say in the beginning so maybe like 13 years i don't know um yeah i think like when you're doing that type of work like this often comes up with documentarians specifically like i remember there's this one documentary about the art of making documentaries and they of course they interviewed like Vitter Herzog and other ones mm. um and they mentioned Michael Moore ugh, you know but it's like what is the relation of truth in that equation and like or is there any such thing is it all just like narrative stacked upon narrative because really I think the I think now maybe like this was true when that documentary was made back in like 2007 I think but like nowadays I think people are sort of like sufficiently kind of cynical like they know that maybe i'm just giving people way too much leeway but hopefully some people know that a documentary like it's kayfabe is like this is the truth and there you go but really that's not it there's always editing there's always narrative there's always a construction yeah i wonder if people but do you think like by doing this work like do you think that people are aware of it or because like if i could i could go to your channel I could go to, I don't know what it would be like 
another documentarian YouTube, like any, any, like Solar Sands, it doesn't matter, right? Whoever, like even Max Durant, like his narrative upon certain video games, it's like, I think maybe people know that content is not like, like a sort of dead, like dinosaur view of like what journalism was, for instance. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think of that? I mean, I definitely feel like I see a mix of both. It's also hard to like quantify because like the, who's not leaving comments, right? Like, I don't know mm -hmm. what those people are thinking, but like, I definitely see a great deal of people who are just like taking what I say is absolute fact when like, you know, I, I personally am trying to be objective when I'm, when I'm covering, when doing a documentary on someone or something, I'm trying to be truthful to the, my best abilities. But like, I also do see people just like, oh, this is how it is, the way he said it in the video. Mm -hmm. And like, there's, and I'm just thinking like, you know, you should be more critical of what I'm saying. But then there's also like the flip side, whereas like, if I'm saying something that like doesn't line up with a person's worldview, they'll be like, oh, this is using music and editing tricks to like manipulate your emotions into believing it. I got that one a lot with like my Dr. K video, for example, because it pissed oh, yeah. off a lot of people. And they're like, oh, well, you're just using music to like paint him as an evil person. It's like totally not what I was going for at all, but like, you know what I mean? So I see yeah. like both for sure. Oh, send Lev the link. He'll put it in the chat for you. But, uh, but then to the same question to Glink, um, what do you think is the nature of truth and documentary? I mentioned this, um, documentary in the art of making documentaries that had like Werner Herzog and Michael Moore in it and stuff. Um, and people maybe are sufficiently cynical to like, not say that, well, documentaries are kind of like the, the presentation of fact, do you sort of do you think that your fans are aware of the fact that you're presenting a certain narrative and you are maybe fabulating certain elements of what you're doing? Um, so do you sort of think about the nature of truth or is the truth maybe this sort of, maybe it's true we live in like terminal, like hyper-modernity, hyper post-modernity, where it's like that question is kind of like cringe in a way because narrative is everything, construction is everything. So I don't know, like how do you, when you're approaching making these types of films, like on such an ostensible like indie level, no, I'm, and maybe who knows me, we're, we're both being funded by Peter Thiel, but like when you're going out there Every and month. doing- yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're going out there and doing the work that quote unquote professional people are doing, but are having an engagement, um, do you see that the question of what the truth is that you're presenting comes up or is it sort of everyone does their narrative like like even something even someone that makes like a video that's like can't be like politically manipulated that much like a a next po video on a serial killer it's like even that has some kind of stretching involved right sure yeah. <clears throat> yeah um that's a really good question <laughs> you're really getting to the core of uh like an ex probably the deepest aspect of uh what one can do on this platform. Um, and I would say it's something I've thought about a bit and maybe I don't even fully understand it myself, but I could try to just tell you what I've thought about that question. Cause I feel like I've asked it before myself and it's something it's like the truth I view as there, there being something fundamental and there being something objective in existence and, and an objective uh, way for things to be better uh, in the sense that 
you know, like music, you, you, you play certain notes together to make a song and some of them are going to sound more harmonious with each other than others. There's a certain harmony to it. And I think yeah. in that way, there's a certain harmony to the nature of things and nature itself. And if you want to call that God or intelligent design or whatever, that's all the same to me in this view of there being an objective truth. So that's kind of how I view it is it's, it's like based on this concept of God and God himself when personified as himself clouds it for a lot of people because they tie it to, Oh, which God, like the God from the Bible or the God from the Quran. And it's like <laughs> all of them, you know, like just the, the force that the source of everything, the force that is starting everything and the source of creation that we see all around us. That's what God is basically. So, who, okay. But all of that is to say, I believe there to be an objective truth. And so when I'm presenting stuff in videos, I will definitely have, I'll, I'll listen, I'll have my own opinion, but it's not like I'm trying to, uh, deceive people right away from what i think to be the truth you know what i mean like i'm not i'm i know that sounds corny to say i'm in pursuit of the truth and it it has every right to sound corny because it often is um well that makes you a philosopher what is a philosopher it's a lover of truth or a lover of wisdom but well, uh Deleuze i would think say wisdom a creator, is creator of concepts but that's I guess that's the same. Thing. But who is the creator in that sense? Like, who is? Are you creating the concept, or is the concept flowing into you by you opening yourself up well, enough to Deleuze accept it in the first the place? Unfolding and unfolding of the outset. Never mind. I'm not going to get down. Please no. <laughs> See, okay, wait. I, I have a yeah. new yeah. title. Awesome. <laughs> I, I just realized what my sorry. I I had to. I have to just make a note of this. Yeah. yeah. Philosopher filmmaker. Ah, there There's we go. Few. That's. There's been a few. Like that, that is gonna be that is gonna be a hit with the ladies. You just go to a party, you put on your beads, you, you know, you just it you basically just means I don't do anything. Just... That's basically what it means. <laughs> hey, I don't do anything. I just know some fancy words. Yeah. You smell like patchouli. I, I like this quote over here. Uh, who we are is non-local awareness, independent of space and time, and our body is the attachment to a particular quality. Now that's like a mishmash of different things that I've heard recently, but uh, I do see especially with being an outsider and this is something you talked about in your zelda video and i think it's oh something God. a lot of Wait, us which have one the uh <laughs> ocarina of time one. Oh no 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 that no, was a good one no, that was a really good one wasn't. what oh come I on i cringe upon oh. that one a lot i'm mm, i hate that you brought that up well, sure. look, regardless of you hating it, uh, Link was an outsider in that little elf village that he uh, lived in, in the beginning of the game. Relatable. And I th that is true. Relatable. Yes. And I think that there is something to that, to being an outsider, having more pressure being applied, kind of like that Rudolf Steiner thing I talked about earlier. When you don't have something <clears throat> to fall back on, then I think you can open yourself up to other possibilities and to be able to train yourself as a creator, as opposed to just inheriting whatever was created before. It's going to be an issue for a lot of peoples today though because so many don't have anything to fall back on except for the identities the hashtags that they put on their twitter bio and i don't know like it feels like people are worse off today psychologically than they were before 
I don't know. There is that whole quote about statistics, you know, lies, damn lies, and statistics. So I can't say that... Uh, what do I know? But what do you think? And uh, what do you think, Slush? And what do you think, Gio? I, as far as I the, think it's depression and all that if, today. If anyone has a finger on the pulse of the culture of what I would call my generation, I don't even know if generation is the right word. It's just like people who um, are living in this new paradigm of the internet being the, the uh, preferred mechanism, preferred way of doing a lot of things. And so a lot of uh, ways to meet people, to socialize in real life are dwindling, I would say. And so um, it's like, I, I think it's a feeling that a lot of people can relate to, at least from yeah. people I've, you know, you might say, well, oh, it's a lot of people online, but that's like kind of the future. And that's the concern, I guess. Maybe it's yeah. not even the majority of people, but it's growing and it's not going to stop. That's the problem. I think we'll that's that the point of yeah. reality is that people say, um, I'm like browsing and I'm looking at um, Slush's Notch video. And you're listening to music. Yeah. Can you, can you tell I'm listening to music? You have the little headphones in there. I see. The oh, that's earphones. why. Okay. Yeah. I'm listening, <laughs> I'm listening to Cynic actually. Um, the album <laughs> Focus. But um, I'm seeing the Notch video and someone said people... The problem is Notch mistaked uh, the internet for real life. Um, the thing is, the internet is real life now. It is the discourse machine from which we bathe in, and people—it's the machine. In... Yeah, exactly. It's the—it's the abstract machine to quote Deleuze. Um, have you a book? I think you both would like, and it could be the basis of a future video. Who knows? Have you ever heard of the philosopher? He's kind of popular now among uh, among us. Among among uh, fem, fem cells who watch uh, who listen to the Red Scare Girls. Uh, oh, oh, oh no, but it's good. It's good. By <laughs> the way, sp sp speaking the, of Russian agents, allegedly, allegedly, I'm not gonna, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say no more. We're gonna have Anna K on soon, no hopefully, maybe if Lev can uh, swallow his pride. Um, no, I'm well. Christopher Lash is the what's it called? The agent narcissism or the uh, the what's it called? Lev the narcissism book. Mm, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if someone could go in the chat. But this one is by the philosopher. He's pretty popular nowadays because his books are very approachable. Um, the Heidegger scholar, Byung-Chul Han, he's Korean, but he grew up in Germany. Um, this book, Psychopolitics, Psychopolitics, mm -hmm. Neoliberalism and New Technologies of Power. And it talks about a lot of like when I was watching your video on how the Internet has changed from like web 1.1 to 2.0 to you know 3.0 and i was watching of course you know the the only fans video the 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 zoom the zoom learning video to me it's it struck a chord with what he's talking about in terms of certain information technologies and again this is very old like there's a lot of different thinkers from uh lewis mumford uh jacques Ellul, uh, <laughs> Ted, Uncle, Uncle Ted, Ted Kaczynski. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. you, you remember Uncle seems... Ted from Bobby's World, by Uncle the way? Ted I don't know Bobby's if you... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine um, those two combining. Imagine like having the body but, and the uh, yeah. and, and the accent of Uncle Ted from Bobby's World, but then planning bombs. Yeah. You know, like he takes Bobby to the zoo and then like he goes back home and he like constructs okay. a bomb yeah. to send to a professor. But, the one... but the, therein yeah. answers your question. Your... To your point, if I could, if I can, um, I have an answer to, to your point right there. 
that's exactly why I don't like I I think technology I'm very interested in technology and I'm very concerned with the way it's going but I think when you when you go when you go too deep into that rabbit hole you kind of get Kaczynski filled you know oh, yeah Lincoln and Kaczynski filled yeah so like I don't know if I want to be Kaczynski filled either it's tricky mm. yeah now I'm kind of Nietzsche pilled by now, where Nietzsche's whole idea is we're going to have two classes of people. We're going to have the people who are going to be stuck within the machine, like the last the man. Shit. Yeah, Shit. and then, and then we're, we're going to have the overman. Oh, man. So, but, but what's funny is that... Um, it's when spiritually I was... painful. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, th I think it's happened before. Look at all the yeah, animals know, around us. Okay, no, no, I'm about to say something really, and people are already... Wait, holy this. shit. Okay, Say it. Sorry. Okay. Go. Okay. Oh Say it. Gosh. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. This is going to totally blow your mind. I, uh, right? My mind is already blown. Just say it though. Okay. By no means should you take this seriously as a disclaimer. This is not okay. serious. This is completely fake. Okay. okay. Here we go. Um, people did not evolve from animals. Animals devolved from people. That's, that's wow. what I was thinking you were going to say. Wow. Like animals were the people before us. No, before us was like the Rudolf Steiner, you know, like the uh, perfect human model. Astral. But then eventually they started to distort themselves uh, when, let's say, okay, let's say you're stuck on a desert island and or whatever. And furries want to go back to that original animation. Wait, exactly. holy shit, from. holy shit. You're saying, you're saying we're fucking turning into animals? Yes. Uh, we totally problem. are because people are letting it happen because they're not using their brains yeah. enough. They're not critically Here. thinking. They're not using it's their very, prefrontal lobe. It's the I'm going to show you something brain that's being like the dopamine like hedonic oh my god what is that? okay okay you see the snaked chimp over here all right ch okay. check this out look the snake look at the snake. all right calm that's down joe rogan <laughs> calm down joe rogan <laughs> chimpanzee yes yeah, like so okay oh my god all right all right, all right, all right. absolutely massive all right, look at look at this chip's hand. Do you notice anything funny about this hand? The animal only masturbates yes. in captivity. Um, Doesn't it look like mm. a human hand that's distorted, as opposed to uh, like a <laughs> chimp hand that then later yeah. on would become a human hand? Here? What are you getting at here? I am getting at that this chimp's ancestors may have been human beings. <laughs> Amazing. And then eventually they Darwin turned into the chimp, <laughs> as well as all the vertebrates. Wait, so what? the fish. The cats, the elephants—they're all human beings, actually. Like in their past, like their ancestry what? stems wait, from the what? human being. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, I'm so stupid. Please explain to me, in slow motion, all right, how that so, logic flows. I'm, I'm okay. I don't know okay, if I here fully we go. Understand. And again, by no means am I saying that this is real. That's a disclaimer. But here we go. Okay. Just to fan, just to fantasize for a second, ladies and gentlemen. So let's say you get stuck in the situation where now you don't really have time to cultivate a high civilization. No more books, no more philosophy. You just have to survive. That's the only thing you have yeah. left. So in surviving, those who survive make it, those who don't survive don't. And you start adapting to whatever environment you happen to be in, and there is less and less time to be as, let's say, conscious of you being the human being of you being like this embodiment of the universe wherein you can only rely on certain base instincts to survive right. those are the only things that end up getting passed down as well as let's say your hands may start to get a little bit bigger you start yeah. to maybe develop claws you start to develop certain ways of 
surviving. So in this case, I'm not denying uh, natural selection, but I'm kind of uh, flipping it around. So this is an elephant's foot, for example. And it does look to me kind of like a deformed human's foot. Like we see the human anatomy in all the animals. So you're basically saying you really... that's what we will devolve into. Some, some, yes, and some won't. Some may go on to become gods on other planets like the Mormons believe. So, you know, it's all about, I th really think it's all about willpower at the end of the day and making sure you harness that willpower to get to either a higher level wanna, or lower level. I think the Mormons want to fly into space, right? Yeah, they have this... Uh... They want to be like the Spartans. Thing. The Mormons essentially want to be the Spartans from Halo. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so nice, we though. They ride around on those bicycles. Again, He's a Mormon. Yeah. So. Oh, definitely. Oh, actually, we have so many Mormons that come on this show. Although that's are you guys probably the sure you're not working for a Mormon? <laughs> uh, they are part of the intelligence agency di disproportionately. I had they two are. cups of Whoa. coffee today, so I'm definitely not no, a Mormon. No, you didn't know that? That There's a lot of Mormons that work for the FBI and the CIA because they've they've have like um historically they could like pass okay let's not speak them into existence let's not let's not summon their wrath i think what lev is getting at is like the thing of like the man is like universal archetype and therefore like every other uh, like sort of lesser being is grafted i don't know Lev. that's kind of crazy though the... <laughs> well i just feel like we mad. would see it more happily we would see evidence of it now right like mm. well Graham Hancock's explanation as to why we're not seeing a lot of these ancient civilization remains is that, like Atlantis, is just that... just turned into uh, dolphins? Well, yeah. Dude, dolphins, they turned I into dolphins! Were, yeah, <laughs> well, dol dolphins were human beings oh that were just tired God. of, tired of uh, living on the land, like uh, I kind of that like South this Park theory. episode. And notice the dolphins have big brains. Dude, dolph but a, I know, that's why it's trippy brains. to me. They actually have big brains. Yeah, so they may they may have been Nephilim who then turned Dude. into dolphins. Uh, see the guy uh, that guy knew uh, that wrote stars because they, they have even look kind like of like if you look at dolphins, right? Okay, they have like a lot of fish like features, but they're mammals. Yeah, they're almost like if you if you like did that, you know that Photoshop effect that people use where they like they stretch out a face, yeah, to warp onto right. something. It looks mm -hmm. like if you stretched out like a per a guy's face and you warped it onto a fish. That's what a yeah. dolphin is. Exactly. No, you were spot on about that. And uh, I believe that there were giants, there were Nephilim, all these cats. Because going back to Mount Ararat for a second, yes. I put on those I put on those, uh, those 3D uh, glasses, you know, the VR glasses, yeah. and I went to Google Earth. One of the greatest things you can do with a VR headset is to go on Google That's Earth. Cool. And you can just, like, fly around everywhere and everything's in 3D. But anyway. So, Lev, you're John C. I Lilly pilled? With the yes, first place, of course, <laughs> and I'm also, and I'm also, also uh, second, LSD pilled, also second link, second link of goatsay.cx pilled, which was have sex with the dolphin. If you remember that just, one, it was just. <laughs> This is a woman did not have sex. But anyway, anyway, golfing. back to Mount Ararat. Back to Mount Ararat. Okay, no, so well, the I was going to like this is a total train wreck, and we were talking about <laughs> nature of truth. I would well, okay, there is. Finally, but like one. This is so funny. Can I make one observation? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to talk about Mount Ararat, and we're talking about the nature of truth. No, about your video, um, the Zoom, the Zoom classes. That's the same thing. Oh yeah. Forgive me, exactly. Yeah. Forgive me, my one last theory. Saul, uh, take. There's this great short essay. Speaking of Deleuze, he wrote this before he killed himself in the 90s. 
Uh, it's called uh, Postscripts in the Societies of Control, where basically he takes like a lot of like French stuff, like critical theory, like Foucault, but he says that it's incomplete because the modern subject in the internet age is sort of like we've moved beyond just like controlling the body itself. Now we have to like find more nuanced ways of like controlling perception. So he came up with the societies of control, which is basically like the human becomes nothing but a generator of information more or less. And it's just how certain like governments and corporations and various like extra governmental entities, like sort of slot that information and like categorize it. Like you were saying about like how um, Google and Microsoft, they just want to like utility max and info max. And it's like big data has to be this like monolithic thing. <laughs> That's such a simple, yeah. concise way to put it. You're so right. Info max. Yeah. Info maxing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. So the subject itself becomes just a generator of information, not yeah. like an authentic being. Right? Exactly. Not, not the author of uh, their life, I guess, to put yeah. it another way, but yeah. You kind of like, you you become um, you lose your autonomy, you know. Yeah. Kind of like a relay of other information. Exactly. That is An NPC. Correct. That's yeah. the simplest way yeah. to say yeah, it. Yeah, really. you're programmed. You're literally programmed yeah. for output, the dialogue output. That's how NPCs are made. They stare too much at the screens or something. <laughs> well, are NPCs made or are NPCs born? Both. No, they're made. They're made. No, it's both. They're not born. Everyone's not born. Both, a, everyone is born a philosopher wizard. Didn't you know? I think everybody's actually, yeah, no, you're I, right. I think Aristotle was really like, some people are born to just like to just like be, need, you know, yeah, like just <laughs> for garbage detail, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like, oh, speaking of speaking of garbage detail, this? speaking of garbage detail, <laughs> this is a skeleton of a raccoon, you know, because raccoons love garbage. <laughs> it looks like a and just look and look at ra the it raccoon's looks like a hands. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Yeah, lab drinks team will make these free associations. So if we, as soon as I say garbage detail, he's like, oh, a raccoon. That makes perfect sense. Here's a skeleton. Yeah, that's a funny connection. I, I Jamie, pull up, pull up the skeleton. <laughs> pull up raccoon Jamie, pull skeleton. You know, on, pull up the raccoon the, skeleton. The, I, to me, I always think about like, you know, because like the, what the difference between an NPC and a non-NPC is like the degree in which you are awake so to speak, right? Yeah. And I don't mean woke as in the fucking- Aware. Bullshit. I think the aware, word aware is lucid, better. awake. And, well, I mean, they call it awake for a reason because like when you have a moment of awakening, you're like, wow, I've been asleep this whole time, right? Sure, but that's a moment, not a- But you can be persistently awake and you can that's be varying woke. degrees of awake, right? <laughs> of awoken, whatever. No, Anyways, no, I th sorry, it's semantics. Well, I, I do but... firmly believe that like uh, it is not- for everyone to be awake it is that's not the design no no i I, okay, I agree what the hell are we looking at now <laughs> oh i've seen this this one's cute oh he's bathing himself like a human exactly right that's he's, proof he's that creepy. yes this that is, is proof. direct proof, proof. yes so cute. but but as far it is cute but as far as the npcs go I think that this is why we had mystery schools back in the day. We had some kind of traditions that people used to go through Barriers. in order to be awakened. In or yeah, in order to uh, exit Plato's cave, so to Dude, speak, to a certain extent. mystery school is just getting high and watching YouTube videos now. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, they used to get high too, but there was some some kind of structure. This is another True. reason why Rudolf Steiner, he did not approve of jazz because he believed that uh, the proper way for this kind of music to be done is in a religious setting, like, mm. a, you know, with uh, evoking the ancestors and all that. That, that an argument could be made, That's an actually. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, mm. you know, better you than the Adorno say, take yeah. on jazz. It's better than the Eric Stryker take on jazz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my internet cut out? No, yeah, we have all no, this, no. Uh, this this access to information and stuff like that that has sort of like usurped any of these barriers to entry, so, right? But at the same time, we have this like massive flood of information and in order to find like what's actually good is its own barrier to entry. You know what I mean? Well, there's so much stuff out there. A lot of people just say fuck it and they play Candy Crush Saga. I don't think most people even take the first step in order to find out what's going on. But this is kind of another pressure, uh, mm -hmm. another pressure that we didn't have before. So before, when you went into, let's say, a certain higher education, like you went to Eton College, like Boris Johnson, the reason why you did that also had to do with your upbringing. Right. But when you don't have that upbringing as pressure, when you have like this limited amount of things that you could, unlimited amount of things you could do online, you could become a simp, you can uh, do whatever you want. There's porn everywhere. At that point, it really is a good test of your willpower to see, despite any of that shit, can you instead focus on unlocking the mysteries of the universe? Like yeah. you can do anything you want with this shit. Can if you focus you will, on that? There's like a symbolic like flood of like biblical of information instead of water and everyone without willpower to search drowned is drowning and only those who have who had the willpower to start building their own ark are uh afloat and and finding their way to truth sam yeah Man. you just you brought you it just back brought the new chapter of the bible app. out <laughs> i just brought the new chapter of the bible when is it coming out up to amazon no, but seriously, like that is, I'm, I'm that's so yeah. accurate of a comparison, I would say. Yeah, I mean, if there was a New Testament, why can't there be a newer testament? Right. Because you know, the like... New Testament already fulfilled. <laughs> Never mind, Lev. I'm not going. <laughs> not going. But that, but it's true. We are all our own Anubis building the raft, floating the sea of information. That's true. But... Indeed. But uh, actually, speaking of uh, Mount Ararat, since Slush, you kind of put it full circle back to Mount Ararat because you were talking about the flood. Yeah. Isn't Noah's Ark there, Lev? Noah's Ark, yeah. yeah. Well, I personally think that what happened there, and I don't know where the hell Glink is. He may have gone on some shamanistic journey right now. But uh, when it comes to... I shadow. <laughs> yes, when it... Oh, boy, we're going to have guitar time, aren't we? But anyway, <laughs> when it comes to going on Mount Ararat in the uh, virtual reality escape... Uh, I felt like, I don't know, like, I, I imagine what, I imagine what it would be like. Are we going to get a little performance with the no, guitar? No, no, What's, I'm just, no? I'm just uh, more comfortable sitting on this chair. All right. Make sure I, your I microphone know, can yeah. capture your audio. Perfect. And by the way, everybody subscribe. Right now, there's a little bit of a gap for me to say subscribe, subscribe, <laughs> keep subscribing, <laughs> sneak those super chats, and patreon.com slash break the rules. Also, I never say add like. Like, like this right now. For those who do not like this, shame on you. Like this right now. Anyway, when I'm in Mount Ararat in my virtual reality thing and I look down, I just imagine what that must have been like for the survivors there. I am Graham Hancock pilled. I believe there was a giant cataclysm 11,000 years ago and we had to start anew. So when before uh, we were talking about whether certain things our ancestors experienced was passed down to us, I wonder if that 
portion was also passed down to us, the survivors, because we were all pretty much survivors if that cataclysm occurred, then we were all pretty much survivors of whatever ancient civilization was around at that time when we had to start anew. So, I don't know, like, is this something, um, I know, um, I know this is something that gets brought up quite a lot on, uh, BTR, but Glink and Slush, like, do you guys, uh, subscribe to that whole idea of uh, Graham Hancock's h hypothesis regarding us being survivors of these ancient civs. Greg, you should take this first. I know yeah, you're so into this. I, yeah, there, I'm, I'm very interested in ancient history. And I do think, and I know a lot about Graham Hancock's theory about the Younger Dryas period being where there was this great cataclysm, the North American ice sheet, which was like a mile and a half tall across the whole of North America melted in some cataclysmic event, possibly caused by a meteorite, uh, which could have triggered this giant flooding event that is described by many different cultures and civilizations and religions, just written his, uh, historical documents throughout the world um, about this cataclysmic flood that wiped out um, you know, basically almost all of civilization or all of civilization, essentially, except for um, the survivors. And yeah, in Armenian history, and I guess, tradition, um, ancestry, that is a kind of like a sacred place to us, because that's where we believe we that's where we started. That's like we're descended, mm. we view it as we're d direct descendants of Noah. Hmm. Uh, well, through uh, through Hake specifically, Hake was the guy who uh, was a descendant of Noah who lived around this place, and he fought the remnants of the Nephilim, I believe. So not all the Nephilim were destroyed if there was this giant who was uh, occupying uh, Babylon at the time. Yeah, I have heard about that story, actually. Uh, well, we have, I think that's where actually he's sort of like a a patron saint, or what would you call it? He's the... the um, the patriarch of yeah. Armenian history. His name is Hike. He's the not. He's not the giant. He's the. I think yeah, he's yeah. credited as slaying the giant. Hike. Exactly. Yeah. No, that, that's what I said. Like the giant. The giants were in um, Babylon. Yeah. And he went there and exactly. he, uh, he got rid of them. They 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 were in the they were secluded in the Arat mountain region at the time, and he slayed this Babylonian uh, king, and you know. Spe to bring it back to modern day, there's so many references to America as Babylon in the modern day. And I think, I don't think Babylon is so much one country or one thing. It's like this, this unified globalist country. Mm. I think that's what Babylon is. And, and obviously it wasn't globalist back then it was regionalist or whatever you would call that. But the point is, it's like this type of, um, maybe they're not even in a group, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's like this godless country. I mean, that's, I think that's what mm -hmm. Babylon essentially means. Well, there is a, there well, is a like... lyric from, from this song called Babylon, but it's called Vavilon for some reason by this Russian artist who actually grew up with my father. His name is Akvarium 
which means aquarium in English. But it says over here, here in the city must be someone else. Here in the city must be someone alive. I know when we'll meet. I shall not know his face, but I'm glad there is someone else. And the city is a Babylon, and we live in it's a Babylon. I hear voices that sing for me through all around us as a Babylon. 2,000 years, 2,000 years. We have been living in such a strange way for 2,000 years. But Babylon is a state of mind. Do you understand me or not? Why have we been living in such a strange way for 2,000 years? That's that's Whoa, the way the song goes. What? And I'll send you the Russian that's version. That's amazing. It's really good. And uh, I do think Babylon is a state of mind, but I would also say Babylon and the whole Tower of Babel is a analogy, which doesn't mean that it couldn't have happened in real think life. Think about it. It just means babbling yeah. on. Exactly, like I do. But uh, Babylon. We all know is, what Babel yes. means. We all know what that means. Exactly. But it's like, I think Babylon is also the ego. It's like the ego rising exactly. up to exactly. such a crescendo that it has to be tempered. It has to be cut down. And uh, I think we were kind of going within Dude. these various circles in history. That's like the ego is, rises. That's it has the, to be cut the Tower down. of Babel is the ego. That's yeah, what it yeah, represents. Exactly. The human ego exactly. to think that they can, rip, they can be as good as God is. They can be as high as God. They can be... Yeah. God themselves. As individuals or whatever. Mm. But yes. also the uniformity of language is another based in Red Pill point about when sort of mm. uh, the narrative of a civilization collapses and it collapses into like just babble and like different voices. Make of that what you will. You know, yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna be racist, but like <laughs> No, but didn't that what? wait, hold on Geo. Hold on, Geo, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa there. Uh, I'm kidding. Didn't I'm that kidding, happen? Kidding. Didn't that happen because of God? Wait, Wasn't how many God languages the one do you who guys made their speak? voices babble? I speak uh, too. I speak English, Russian, a little bit of French, but okay. that's not going to count until speak I speak it fluently. Italian, not much. Yeah. Bene, molto bene. Molto bene. Buongiorno. Pizza, spaghettios. That's real racism <laughs> right now. Um, no, but well, it's like in, in Revelation, they talk about how the, um, like the whore of Babylon, like the, uh, the Antichrist isn't so much like a singular person, but rather... It's an idea or a time yes. period from him. Yes, yeah. yes, this is what I've been saying, unironically. Exactly. But I but had no that... idea about that. But yeah, I mean, but wouldn't debates, that also like, Orthodox people would believe slightly differently than Catholics and so forth? Obviously, mm. it's a debate, but generally. But yeah, yeah would you so... would you apply the same thing possibly to Christ as well? That Christ is also a period as opposed to a no, person. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, that's Christ where you draw the line. Because okay, all right. I think it would just be. Oh, sorry. Lev likes to goad me into heresy. I don't know why. He'd... It could oh. be his could be his revolutionary spirit talking. Geo, you're you're Catholic. You're, you're, you're... Oh no. Oh. Geo, first of all, you're Catholic, so you're already praying the multiple gods in the form of statues. No, no, that's okay. Listen, uh, <laughs> when it comes to Apostolic Christianity, Catholic and Orthodoxy, yes. it's not. They are not like the manifestation, the avataric manifestations of nirguna brahman in hinduism in vedanta where like ultimately shiva krishna um well, yeah the trimurti tr yeah, yeah, brahma like, Kriva, but even yeah. like the lesser ones like pravati and so forth like the saints they are venerated and they are teachers they are divine with themselves but they're not like they're not a part of like some monotheistic Sorry, not mono. They're not part of some poly Freudian slip. Polytheistic system <laughs> where they are 
godheads in their own right. Like that's they are mm. the source. No, but there's of our faith wait, wait, hold on. There's one godhead. Ago. They wouldn't be godheads. There's one godhead in god these. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Okay, what about theosis? What about e what about uh, the uh, orthodox idea of theosis okay. or Funny, union with God? Just we're talking about this on stream the other day. When time. you eat, oh, never mind. No, go for it. No, I want no, to hear what mind. you got to say. I'm going to sound like a fucking hippie. <laughs> I'm not going to even say it. All right, well, when it comes to theosis, though, like, wouldn't that be the idea of merging with God to a certain extent? And wouldn't the <laughs> patriarchs who are honored... You, I mean, this is for, you this are is for Fallen Student, in, by the way. Shout out to Fallen Student. Yeah, you are participating in the energies of God, but you, can know, but you can't truly know the essence of God. You are, you're, your being is being you're, emptied ooh. and... You're a projection like, of God, is what I yeah, think. Well, That's what everyone is, a projection but of what's God. The, but what's the difference between... Emptied, I wanted to hear the rest of that <laughs> Yes. Well, in, in, being... I'm not Orthodox, but don't quote me on this, but I'm not Jay Dyer. Uh, but basically, theosis is um, the relying on a process of like uh, deep like catharsis and confession in order to align your being... I believe uh, for Orthodox people don't get pissed at me for this if I'm butchering it, but essentially you're aligning your being by cathartically confessing your own self and bearing your own sort of mortality. You're aligning yourself to the, the, um, energies of, of the Lord. So the energies are what we feel in creation, I believe if I recall, but we can never like mm. truly know the essence of the mystery of the divine. We cannot be like God, we can be sure. within the, we can participate in the image of God, but we truly will never achieve the way that it, depending on the school, but let's just say for simplicity's sake, like in Vedanta, where you become one with a, with a Brahmin through Jnana Yoga and so forth at the highest mm -hmm. levels. It's not like that. You can never truly be God. Unless you escape your body through doing that, you know, which well, no, I think yeah, you're saying I mean, in theosis specifically, right? Yeah. in theosis is just, um, like that's the viewpoint. Yeah, not that's not to say like that's your like necessarily your viewpoint. That's just what the theosis viewpoint is. See, I well, yeah, it's uh, there's a debate there though because what you is in that process of theosis is also up for debate because a lot right. of people sure, have sure. like mm. sort of like made it similar to other things, but because there is a sense where you're being emptied of your own sort of machinations mm. in order to you know participate. Mm -hmm. But I mean, uh, sorry, well, go uh, ahead, Glink. We kept Glink. Glink, what no, do you no, think? No, no, I was interrupting you. I was just, I just was having realizations that I was vocalizing. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't, um, I wasn't uh, saying anything important. But again, if there's any Orthodox in the chat, I would love oh, to hear. Oh, you, you better believe there is. We oh, have yeah. a lot of, we have a big Orthodox like me, community I'm, in the chat. I, I, I do appreciate a lot of Eastern Orthodoxy. I think some of it does make sense. Like a lot of it, actually. Um, I do have my criticisms, like even though I'm a Catholic of like, you know, divine simplicity but i think like i think a divine simplicity could account for mm. it but i i don't want to like i i tend to avoid those like autistic debates between mm. orthodox well not, not specifically not specifically within either one but let's say if we stick with catholicism for a second okay. would you say geo that the saints are higher up in the hierarchy than let's say regular people when it comes to them being venerated in the form of um you know, uh, I mean, for for uh, there would be icons for the Orthodox, but in Catholicism there would be statues. For instance, they're so they're held would... in a privileged place by by our Lord. They are heroic people of heroic virtues who have done miracles. They are guides and mentors, but they are not they're not avatars per se. 
I mean, they, they exhibit but, but what's the difference? attributes. But I don't understand the difference, though. Because they like, were when just, you say Avatar, they, they what, people, what is it? Uh, they weren't... A lot how, of do you know the av- how do you know those avatars weren't people before that? Until in they started to do a certain, certain Hindu quality. systems, they were kind of they had they they weren't people. <laughs> they can't. They by definition in a polytheistic system, they aren't. They are they are like the Greek gods. They wait, are wait, wait. Can I animals. ask a, a more fundamental question here? Yeah. Can yeah, I cut ahead. to the chase? Yes. Cut to the chase. Um, Geo. Yeah. Do you believe that there is life after death in some form? Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. You guys both believe that. Yes. Okay. Well, isn't that I, I feel like that's kind of the fundamental I feel like that's what matters the most when it comes to religious beliefs. Yeah. Like that's a pretty mm. important belief, I would say. But the distinction I'd say between me and Gio is that Gio believes that there would be a realm that let's say he would occupy, <clears throat> I guess forever, I'm not exactly sure I could be butchering it, but I believe in reincarnation, but I also believe that there may be kind of like in the video game. This I talked about in my Sonic video that I did, oh, the esoteric no. secrets oh. of Sonic Speaking the Hedgehog. Of where, where <laughs> oh, that's Sonic, right up my alley. Yeah, where Sonic go- I jumps love through that warp Sonic ring. The Hedgehog. It, it, is, it is quite a, quite a feast uh, of knowledge there. So when Sonic jumps to the warp ring at the end of the level after 50, uh, collecting 50 rings, he goes into the bonus stage. And the bonus stage, I view that as being kind of like heaven. The idea mm. of being in this strange psychedelic <laughs> environment where you have dissolved into the astral <laughs> form. so true. And there's like, everything's like all tripped out and it's, stuff. It is. But then, it but is. then you have it's to so reincarnate trippy. to a new It had no right to be zone. that trippy. It had no right. Exactly. The birds and the uh, fish in the background. You the know, music, the... too. It's like haunting and, and kind of bittersweet. But but also get this. The uh, level in Sonic 2 where you're racing, if you remember, it's like this tube that you're racing through. That is the vision that I get that represents when you were the asking in the beginning. Exactly. And that is the vision that I get when I do the Wim Hof method. Oh, Jesus. I get, this, I get the cross and star, whatever you want to call it, like that bright white light in the center. And then out from that, I get this matrix grid of like blue and purple colors. And wait, that's kind of a lot of cool. It is very cool. And I get to make various three dimensional shapes too. when It's really intense. Can I interpret that? Sure. Go for it. If you see the God's light, the truth, the matrix can be manipulated at your will. To a certain extent, but I think it's a uh, training ground for being able to do that at, at a uh, higher level. Mm, so, sure, for yeah. example, for example, one of the things that I ended up seeing, and let me see if I could find a picture of it right that's now. I'm scrounging why, uh, through the internet here. Gnosticism was always like the most ancient of heresies in Christianity, because uh, in order to have that direct like gnosis, that's can lead. Well, I mean, practically, it's dangerous because then you have like people establishing like cults and uh heretical like uh very like weird practices that like are very um dangerous to the average plebe npc so that's i think why they came so hard down on gnosticism but that too but also like direct salvation through your own knowledge that's kind of like negating the point in a lot of ways well i think Um, oh hmm that's you make make a good point you make a good point actually wait wait let me let me think okay go for it you said finding salvation through your own knowledge is the problem right yeah for there's something to that there's something to that because knowledge is the fruit of evil 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 See, but it's also the fruit of good. But it's also the fruit of good. It's the fruit of good and evil, not good just the relative true. sense, right? All of the evil in, and good sense, and the fruit yeah. of knowledge is relative. It, and I think the whole point is that we are, according again to Steiner, we are not all of us, but some of us are growing and we are learning new also, things. And with the ego, if we didn't have the ego, we'd just be like robots or animals. Yeah, or like Maya, God. Or God. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, but that's in the, the, but in the beginning, God God would be like uh, cra cradling us. That's the thing. God would be cradling no, no, us like a reason... little baby, and we have to learn to be on our own. That's what it feels like when you're tripping. It feels like a spinning cradling force. Like a warm blanket. Yeah, yeah. blanket. And exactly. You're looking at God when you close. Your eyes. Like, mom, like mommy it's... GF. God, God's like oh, our mommy up. GF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially the OG mommy GF. But also, I think the problem again with Gnosticism would also be the bifurcation between like the demiurge like as a creator god and like the being of light because that would like see this is where nietzsche gets it wrong about christianity because <laughs> it's not that like we hate the earth and we hate like you know existence like this platonic like socratic like you know in the phaedo like you're getting ready for death like it's more it's more of like the earth as creation is still sacred in its way but <clears throat> When you like say that, like agnostics do that, the earth and my material condition is totally evil and we have to transcend it, then that says that the creation itself from the Lord is like evil. That doesn't make a hill of beans sense, right? Yeah. Like that don't make a lick of sense, boy. Like oh, that. Oh, you mean the earth itself? Yeah. yeah, like to say that it's wholly evil the way that right. certain Gnostic cults well, did. Right? That's like why this. that's why I like the uh, approach from the Torah where they don't call Satan Satan, they call Satan the adversary. And well, there is even the well, idea Lev, of Satan being God's they, God's they, right-hand man, kind of like the left-hand, rather, left-hand of uh, God. I'm not going to go into this conversation about the Torah. But anyways, <laughs> um, but I'm going to, well, uh, yeah. So I, I want to say that one problem i have with organized religion um and i maybe this is coming from an i know this is coming from a place of knowledge uh so maybe i i don't but but what i'm trying to say is i think organized religion tends to have these different restrictions and these patterns that keep people sort of entrapped in a certain way of thinking or they keep people divided really um and ultimately, I don't know if that's always the best route for, um, I guess, having some sort of spiritual connection to, to everything, to God. Well, well, look at, for example, Israel, not the country, Geo, don't worry, but the uh, name, as in Israel was fighting with uh, wrestling with God in the Old Testament or the uh, Torah, whatever you prefer. And, and then they got felt I think, by the Lord. I, well, I think that there is some. I think that there is something to the idea of uh, fighting with a higher force, wherein yeah. that teaches you to not succumb under pressure and become an animal, but rise higher. And if there wasn't any pressure, then yeah, you wouldn't rise useful. higher. But if you go, if you get too attached to, I guess the, it's a good first level. You know, it's funny because I think you could sort of measure where humans are spiritually by their belief systems. And probably, you know, last up until this current century, basically, I would say the prevailing belief systems were all religion based. But I don't think it's unrealistic to think that in the way we're going now, the prevailing belief systems are going to be all political or ideological oh, God. or, you know, 
and he's very early is mostly well not mostly but like that's like the growing <clears throat> dominant yeah like of, of actualization amongst young people is identifying politics. with political movements yeah. gender whatever scientism yeah. even like racial so, identity so there's no so slush there's no vacuum then right we can't just have a vacuum of any belief some belief is going to fall into place like it or not i mean yeah i i think so i, I mean it's hard to say like is that i can't even think of an example that has of anyone that has no belief even the belief in atheism is a belief and then even agnosticism is the openness to belief so it's like Mm. I, I can't think of anyone that has no beliefs. Beliefs then, drive everything. And I think that like the need, and this is like what my the video I'm currently working on right now is about, <clears> but I think that the, the need for spirituality, like I think spirituality is a need for people, uh, whether or not that they're like willing to accept that or realizing how they're fulfilling it. I do think that it's like part of the puzzle that, that you know, it's it, it, you can't keep the slot empty. It's impossible. That's why when I talk about the U.S. military bases, that's the point I make, too, about other... Okay, I'm not going to get into the military bases. That's a totally different conversation. No, but it's true. But... I mean, there, there is... Um, the one writer, uh, the political writer, Eric Vogelin, he talks about how Gnosticism has become, like, secularized, and basically any social political movement from the 19th century onwards has, like, a basis in Gnosticism because it's ultimately trying to liberate you from the conditions of the earth and the body. So not to name names of certain movements, <laughs> but it seems that a lot of political discourse nowadays, the fact that people are finding an identity so viciously through, um, through th their own sort of like whatever politics that they're consuming on yeah. TikTok at the moment, <clears throat> like that <laughs> to me, I think like that or whatever is the opposite of their parents' political disposition exactly yeah. fuck yeah. you dad <laughs> but even like, oh, by the way but even like here's, your content here, here's for, a, like, yeah your content for instance clink like you, your earlier stuff was more in line i guess when the heyday of like the sjw anti-sw like discourse was happening but then you sort of like the other day we were uh interviewing, you remember yeah i know <laughs> well the other day we interviewed count dankly we were talking about this as well um where you transitioned into something different because you realized that that maybe one of the words in your mouth, but did you realize like that was limiting or did you want to expand into like, cause how many times can you pump out? Like, here's what the young Turk said about, you know, more like, more like young jerks. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I dabbled, no. I, um, <clears throat> I dabbled in that format for a while to the extent that I felt like it was necessary to, to yeah. speak some truth. I know that again, I know that sounds corny or whatever but then when i'm like okay i've made my point about this there's no need like i made i made a i did make a video like i would it's so fucking cringe to even think about now but i did make a video like responding to the young like a segment from the young turks yeah, yeah. with annika sparian which was kind of ironic because oh. she's armenian and she's on the young turks which is like the equivalent of like the Nazi party during the Ottoman empire. Uh, so at least against Armenians, you know? So. Um, Who did Armenia side with in world war two? In world war two, they were not even, Oh, they were in a, th yeah. 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 Uh, they were still subjugated, but yeah, they were, they were under uh Soviet rule. No. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they were under Soviet? the iron curtain. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're yeah. an ex-Soviet country. I yeah. should know. I was just there. The Lev's so people, 
If it wasn't so the Turks, good. it was Lev's people oppressing you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm no, no. There's there's always something. There's, there's always, always something. something. <laughs> Don't Gio, worry, love is the, only half. Look fresh. at the uh, <laughs> Gio. Yes. Okay. Hold on one second. Let me take a look here. I don't know if Armenia was a Soviet country. Let me check over here. Soviet. No, it totally was, 100%. Oh, it, it I was. was. Yes, there. yes. I've been Armenian, there many times. Armenian, Soviet. You're absolutely right. Armenian, For some Soviet, reason, Socialist I just thought Republic. the Soviet Empire started later on than it did. But no, it started mm. pretty early, I guess. Like, pretty much. Dude, you know World what this II. looks like, by the way? They're, they're by flagged the time they get because. The caucuses, yeah. Because they ended up getting rid of the um, of the orange on their flag. This flag, I'm going to post it right now. It, it looks exactly like, hold on, Gio, here. This flag, <laughs> I think you know what this looks like. What does it look like? What does it look like? <laughs> it looks like uh, the Chris Chan shirt. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, that was Armenia's flag. Yeah, at one point. Yes. Holy crap. Chris Chan is an Armenian <laughs> spy. <laughs> Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, man. but even like the British, like sort of um, when they had the balls of the Ottoman Turks, like they sort of fucking turned a blind eye to what they were doing, kind of like. Yeah, well, know. in World War One, the Battle of Gallipoli, is that what it was yeah. called? That was fought basically against the Ottoman Empire exclusively. Uh, like, I don't even think Germany was involved. And it was kind of like one of the biggest fuck ups from the Allies' side of the war. Yeah. Because they just got like completely destroyed in the naval battle or something like that. It's it's kind of an interesting story. I I, I listened to a Dan. Do you guys know uh Dan Carlin? Dan yeah. Carlin, yeah. I, I like history, but I don't like reading, so I just like listening to uh him explain everything. I uh, I like him. I uh showed it to uh my uh uncle who says that uh he couldn't listen to anything because he just takes too long with the intros mm. i kind of like that though. i like I kind of yeah. like them. he really draws I like the out, foreplay yeah. to normie shredder yeah exactly yeah. but no no my uncle's no normie but anyway, <laughs> normie <wonder>. shredder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tarkovsky have... making films that long yeah with the intro exactly <laughs> by the way i was posting this uh before let me post it one more time here so again everybody in the chat you guys already saw this but uh you guys did not see this uh, before. So this is the uh, vision that I'm talking about here. Whoa. This is the uh, Matrix thing. The Dude. white lights in the um, periphery. They're, That's so they're not cool. Really you seen. made they're an just, image like, of it. Around. That's so cool. Yeah, I made a Photoshop. And I tried to also make what I think it would look like in 3D. But again, I'm not okay. really sure. It kind of looks like how it, plays time. Out. it looks like a clock too, doesn't it? Sure, oh. yeah. I mean, it's uh, it works in similar principles. It looks like and CERN. <laughs> And you see these balls over here, the little balls in the uh, center. Mm -hmm. These balls would then start taking different shapes, including taking the shape of a uh, DNA helix. What? And here, this is the last image I'm going to post. So one of the other abilities that I got through doing the Wim Hof method is being able to generate these blue and purple shapes, kind of like trying to generate letters of the alphabet. So you see like you have these two balls over here, the uh, light blue colored. That's That would be like me making a primitive letter A and the one right after that is like a primitive letter B just by organizing these balls around my head. Can we do a Wim Hof breathing session right now? Can you Fuck guide yeah. me through it? Because I, yeah, I don't think do I can do it properly. But This is going to suck, by the way, for the audio listeners. Yeah, we are also on Apple. Oh, let's do shit. it towards the end. Let's do it towards the okay. end. That would be kind of like the final We can even do it after if you want. Though. No, let's do it on live. On live. Yeah, yeah. We'll, do we'll do it live. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. But okay. Uh, Wait, in the but meantime, the last, I'll the... just stop breathing. 
But the last thing I wanted to show you, though, <laughs> see this last image over here with the um, with this weird 3D thing? Let me see if I can have a bigger version of it. That Basically, one's what trippy. That, that one looks like a Halo level. So what that is is a DNA helix here. I'll show you a bigger version of it. Here we go. This is why like people are saying these are just floaters. Okay, this is not th these, these are, not are floaters. just floaters. Wait, what are <laughs> okay. floaters? What are floaters? Okay. Those things floaters you see in your eyes. Like, yeah, shit in my yeah. eyes. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and for <laughs> all the and for all the and for all the haters, for all the haters who are saying this is just like hallucinations, you know, from lack of oxygen. Okay, what this <laughs> what this thing is over here. I literally saw a wide DNA helix in the middle spinning around and then around that was spinning this three-dimensional structure which looks Jesus. pretty much like the picture here <laughs> except way more complicated. Wow. And at that point, this uh the third eye area over Dude, here on my Dude, you know lobe, what that is? It was Wait. what? That's, what is that? that's just the same thing from another angle. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but this thing also, you could actually move it around. So oh. this area over here in my lobe, it started vibrating. It started going like... What the Like that like, small engine. While Your pineal gland is freaking out. Spin spinning around. And not only that, but I was able to slowly rotate this image. I was able to rotate this three-dimensional tower, and I was able to just like move around it. And it was very slow. Like... Like that, I could zoom in. I Are could you zoom sure out. You're not so it was completely like sober. On completely the astral sober. project plane. <laughs> I don't think I was able to astrally project yet. The closest thing I got was I got this lucid dream where I saw a rabbi, and the rabbi told me that there is uh, two types of evil in the world. There's like evil when you intentionally uh, harm somebody, but then there's another evil which is super wide, which is basically egoism, which is basically anything that we do in life. Pretty much anything. Even when we love somebody, we still get something out of loving somebody where we selfless. feel good. Exactly. So this is kind of like in the Kabbalah, where the idea is that when you ascend up uh, Jacob's Ladder, or the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, Jacob's whatever you want to call it, Jacob's Ladder, when you ascend up that, you basically start to transmute uh, giving for the sake of receiving into giving for the sake of giving, as, where yeah, as, the as Kabbalist see, see God... Yeah. And the Kabbalists see the creator as just like this all-giving entity without any receiving. And us as being this receiving force, which learns to start giving. Yeah. And eventually it would transmute the quality. of humanity. Exactly. Is that we have to learn exactly. to ascend to a higher level of thinking. Or not even thinking. It's not thinking. It's, it's not thinking. It's, it's not thinking. It's just awareness. A higher level of awareness. That's God. <laughs> But the ego is very important, though, because, again, if not for the ego, if we're just cradle around we need it, we need it for God's arms. We need ego for survival to yeah. begin with. The, well, not just survival, but also awareness of us existing as opposed right. to being more in this hazy and dream And being an state. individual is important for your life, I think, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like yeah, the, way, the way I've always looked at it is like, you know, everyone that you know is like awake to the sort of individual self of them and the relative plane of existence. But there's also the like absolute plane of existence, which opening your third eye is like awakening yourself to. But they're not, it's not one is more important than the other. They're both extreme. They're both of equal importance. And I think that a lot of people, as they begin to uh, start peering into that absolute realm, uh, they are so entranced and so amazed by it, but they forget how important the relative is, which is the ego and the self and, and everything we do to survive. So I always saw them as, as like a relationship with each other and that like deconstructing yourself is just a means also it's, it's a way of peering into the absolute, but it's also a, a way of reconstructing yourself better.
you know build back better that's basically what you're saying i literally <laughs> said those words to my friend not knowing that those were joe biden because i don't fucking follow <laughs> anything not knowing those were joe biden's words and he was like you had me until you said the joe biden thing you were pre you were conditioned to say it yeah maybe we have to speak, we have to buck break ourselves before we can build ourselves up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But speaking of Joe Biden, the very first thing we were talking about before the stream even started was Jen Psaki's feet. What is going on there? I'm not aware of this. What? Is there an image of her feet out there on the internet? What's going on? I don't want to know. I'm kind of curious though now. Jen Psaki feed i'm looking it up right now let's see what i get by the way everybody subscribe patreon.com slash break the rules uh let's see jen p how do you spell psaki feet okay let's see what we got here um okay this okay here here we go this is the image right here uh, uh this oh, is actually gonna post the feet, love? official official that the, wash, that the washington machine spit out of, co of course i am here we go no no the other one in her uh wait there's another one yeah i thought yeah. this was they it. officially posted it the uh the press secretary twitter whatever these were leaked on purpose yeah wait hold on, on Th then i don't know the right one here's another one i don't know if this is this the one you're talking about dude feet are no? so gross yeah that's what the, the one fuck <laughs> Damn, why do you think it is that people, yeah, why have, do people a... have a feed fetish? Why yeah, is what's that going a paraphilia? on there? Because why, do we why they does any were dropped on their says. head as children? <laughs> <laughs> they were dropped Wait, on their feet. They're dropped. They're... Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. I don't know. I sen I sense a lot of negative energy with Psaki. To be honest, the people who I've spoken to Dude, about everyone her... in government is a fucking demon. <laughs> It's true. Unironically, it's true. Unironically, this is what I believe. Demons. And not even, not it's even the good simple. kind of demons. It's not like you could have any theory cell explanation you want, but it's, <laughs> it's literally like, that's just the default. Exactly. By the way, there, PS, there might be PS, some exceptions. I, I maybe I shouldn't say every single mm. one, but like pretty, pretty commonly. PCSS says, "Break the rules. You need to go on Wiki Feet." Or, well, of course that exists. Wiki Feet. What? Wiki Feet. <laughs> Wiki Feet. Quickie feet. Happy Chris feet. Chan, Chris Chan's uh, feet. Wombo combo. Chris, wait, Chris Chan has feet posted? Yeah. By the way, uh, I love We're the totally poster. Devolving. The, the We're going to talk about OnlyFans really soon. But yes, <laughs> yes. But before OnlyFans, I just want to say that feet. is such a beautiful Pokemon poster in the background. I think, I think the Americans, just like Western media, has like uh, ruined Japanese, uh, like the Japanese Pokemon aesthetic. They have worse color design now than they used to back in the day i think like the best color design for pokemon was game boy color you know when they had like pokemon gold silver crystal i think that was the peak and then when they had uh the gba it wasn't bad but it felt too too bright you know what i mean i don't know if you played all of them okay like uh, yeah man yeah. i that's how i got started that's how it all started everything started with pokemon that was I got a Game Boy Color because I have I, my older brothers got it. And so they were already like old enough to like know what games are and get them. But I was like maybe three or four when I got a Game Boy Color. And yeah, like some of my, my earliest memories gaming were definitely playing Pokemon. Red, yellow, uh, silver. I played the first two gens a ton. And then Gen 3 came out with the GBA age, Game Boy Advance. And uh, I loved it, actually. 
I was like maybe 10 years old at that time. Now, like eight or I was like eight or nine. I would have been eight or nine, but I loved it. It was, uh, it was just, it was an awesome game, but I know exactly what you mean. There is a sense of like classic simplicity Mm. in, you know, like the Shintoism even like, for example, the, I remember the bell tower or whatever in silver where it's like this big ominous tower that looked like an ancient Japanese uh, temple, even in like the simplistic pixely 16 bit or whatever that was design. So just things like that are, they're kind of relics of time though, at this point, they're kind of, uh, I mean, I guess indie games are trying to remake that. Right. But Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are good. Yeah, there's definitely some good ones. Well, the uh, Shinto simplicity, I think it's also in, just like that poster behind you, how can you depict the most beautiful rock you can using the least amount of data, using the least okay, amount of pixels? We're talking about the uh, simplicity and beauty of indie games now. I didn't know we stumbled into a... Uh, well, Pokemon specifically. Over here, See? Think. Well, that's not <laughs> the tower I was talking about, but that is... That no, that, that's another tower. And by the way, the uh, the next gen one over here, one of my favorites uh, in terms of Pokemon is this Daffy, Daffy Duck mm. over here. <laughs> that's gen three, this, though. That's, that's Yeah, that's it, gen yeah. three. Yeah. By the way, oh, I well, saw this today, by the way. I think they still they still maintain the good quality of Pokemon in gen three. You know, and, uh, that yeah. pixel art, scroll up for a second or show that again. Uh-huh. That reminds me of something as well. It was also something in early uh memory from the internet because i don't know if you guys ever did this there's like these um sprite boards where you could copy and paste different parts of different sprites that were available like assets from games like pokemon or whatever and you could like just copy paste and make your own little scenes from a game using sprite boards i did i used to do that all the time on this like old internet forum Hmm. Well, Newgrounds had a lot of that stuff going on. And I noticed Newgrounds was one of the things that you were using for uh, one of your videos, like the Newgrounds forum area, talking about like these were the old school forums that now, thanks to the iPhone and Steve Jobs talking with Neem Karoli Baba, who was eating an apple, and then he ended up... I I know that part was not included, but that's another insider lore. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. Steve Jobs... Hold yeah, on, legend, I have not heard this. Goes, I feel like I okay. should have, but please. Okay, so Neem Karoli Baba is a very famous Indian guru back in the day who uh, was the guru of Richard Alpert, a.k.a. Ram Das, who uh, we talked about before. And he's this weird-looking guy. Like, here, I'm going to show you a picture of him. And he was... I've looked him up closely... before, the guru of Ram Das. Yeah, this guy I have looked here. that guy up before. Yeah, I've seen this guy. So Steve Jobs, he was not like he was not Steve Jobs' guru, but Steve Jobs visited him and he was very influential. Legend he has even looks it like that, Steve Jobs a little bit. He, he he does a little bit. Well, legend has it that uh, he was eating an apple one day, Neem Karoli Baba, and that inspired Steve wow. Jobs to name the company Apple. Mm. So, you know, it's very funny. That yeah. is funny. I think uh, sometimes great ideas come to you in like accidental visions or something like with the Beatles, uh, what was it a dream or something like John Lennon or something? And it was, had a dream where he was supposed to name a band, the Beatles spelled like B E A T L E S as opposed to how you're supposed to spell Beatle with two E's and two T's. Um, and that he had a vision that he was supposed to make a band called that. And that's why they called it the Beatles. 
and he also had a vision that he was going to stab Steve, uh, Pete Best in the heart. Poor huh. Pete Best. He was so oh, close. Man. He Pete was Best. so close. Yeah, he could have been the... He was the, the, you know, more like conventionally attractive, like rock star type yeah. of the group. He ended up becoming Pete Worst. Yeah. Just imagine that feeling of you almost being... Which is the why the Beatles are the original Weezer. <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking of Jason Cropper. Yeah, same the thing The original happened. guitarist from Weezer that in the last minute when they were recording the Blue Album, he was he like had all these demands about like not wanting to play electric guitars and stuff like that. And so Rivers Cuomo just got fed up and re-recorded all of his guitar parts the night before they produced you know, the album. You know what it's like? Out of the you, band. <laughs> you, know, you guys know that meme where it's like, sorry, uh, Chad's in real life, the retard gets the girl or whatever, right? <laughs> okay. This the version of that for this is sorry, Chad's in real life. The autists get to become the rock stars. Yeah, <laughs> this is real life for the autists. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, the autists, I think, are undergoing some kind of training, as we all are. I don't think I'm autistic. I don't want to use that like, oh, I'm autistic because I'm into Sonic. No, but uh, there is this whole idea again, going back to what Nietzsche believed, where. Just imagine Lord of the Rings for a second, and we are going to get into OnlyFans soon. Uh, speaking of that, oh man, gauge. G imagine gauge a Galadriel, Galadriel OnlyFans. I'm um, not going to say anything more. Okay. I think her being played by uh, what's her name? Uh, that was a great choice. Um, that Australian actress. But anyway, I'm rambling. I got to focus, focus left, focus left. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Wizard powers. Okay. So think of what Saruman and Gandalf were able to accomplish. Saruman was able to stand on his balcony and just like just do something to cause some kind of a you know a really bad weather like a snowstorm in the mountain you know think about what Saruman and Sauron could accomplish with just a few hiking sticks they could exactly <laughs> a few guys who couldn't even speak English <laughs> so that may be like that may be the past or that may be the future depending on how you look at it where imagine if people were figuring out a way to break through the matrix maybe that's why the old testament and new testament and all the testaments look down on sorcery because they saw how powerful that shit mm. is when you're able to actually control nature control this environment that you're in and be able to do things like that seed heat right, as the hindus right. it becomes to too them, chaotic you know? it becomes too chaotic doesn't it exactly chaos well, that's and why, order. yeah right now we're, I, we're in the we're definitely heavy into the order phase though we could use yeah a little bit of like positive chaos, chaos in, a, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, really. I like that's. I think there's a reason a lot of young people to leave, to use the colloquialism vibrate. They vibe. That's why they use language like that because a lot of people are. I think are starting to operate more feelings based, more like chaos energy based. They yep. fuck with chaotic energy, essentially. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that could be a very good thing if they're not being indoctrinated by Hassan Piker. That's the problem with it, right? He's, he's taking he, chaos and, and turning he's it into order. He's trying to turn it into order. That's why, yeah. all the pro, that's why all the politics on Twitch are pro-authoritarian, by the way. They're all just, or, they just like want order and they want, uh, you know. Is that because they don't have it in their own lives that they want order? You know, uh, I don't know. That's that, that's that was a not opposed by their family. That's for them to answer. But that, very, that's the one video I haven't fully seen, by the way, that you did the one about Jordan Peterson and the rescuing your father from the belly yeah. of the whale. 
I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna watch that one uh, afterwards. But I do think that a lot of people they inherently do seek out a certain order, and when they don't have that order, they start lashing out at the world. And by the way, look at this beautiful image of Galadriel over here, played by Kate Blanchett. Just look at those beautiful rounded cheeks of hers. Yeah, you know this is like this is order personified right, over here. Right. This is, yeah, this is it's, my it's kind of beauty order. in order. It's beauty in order. Yes, which is it's a good combo, I guess. And look at that beautiful mouth, this wide mouth of hers. It is so beautiful. I don't know. She's okay. got that Anglo physiognomy that kind of too in, too much. I think she's hot. She's hot. She's I, hot. I, don't I think she's hot too. I'm into she, it. She kind of looks like she would judge me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I kind of like that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot at me. A little bit. A little gotta bit. Gotta be like a tiny bit of girl boss there, assertiveness. Yeah, like a little bit of spice, you know, a little bit yeah. of spice. Yeah, but, but uh, it can't come uh, from a place of conceit. You know, no, yeah, no, 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 and I feel like that's where that's where it was coming from in that picture. Hmm. Okay, she yep. Gone Girl, or was that someone else? Lord of the Rings' mm. favorite movie series, by the way, inspires me on so many levels, always has ever since I was a kid. Oh, yeah, although I do think that the uh, the guy who played um, the main the, the king that returned that guy, I mean, he's a good actor and all that, but the costume Aragorn? is there. Aragon, yeah, they were a little bit too flowery for my taste. Yeah, it got, it got kind of gay. Style, at the end. But, it got kind of gay. At yeah, the end. but I kind of it was a great. The third one is a masterpiece. Still, I don't care. Mm. It's great. You know, you know who else I like? I like Polly Walker, this uh, actress who played uh, in a room. You remember that series Rome on HBO back in the day? No, I didn't watch that much TV. So later on, I highly recommend, uh, I mean, this is once again a simping moment, which is appropriate because this is what we're going to get into right now. Okay. But uh, Polly Walker, she played uh, this, I think it was... Uh, no relation Addie. to Paul Walker, right? No relation to Paul Walker. <laughs> okay. She played Adia of the uh, Julii in uh, Rome. And, you know, she is a slightly older woman, you could say, but she is very beautiful. I mean, look at her. Like, this This is this is my type over here. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. She's... She, I she's like hot. She has a similar vibe to the other girl. Really? So okay, what does that, well, what does that we tell you about found me? Lev's type. Eyes. <laughs> Lev likes them fiery. That's what I'm getting from this. I think there's. That's a, I think both pictures too. had a touch of uh, mommy in them. That too. He, he likes a well, Lev likes well, a fiery uh, mom. Are you looking for a mommy? That's, that's, intru <laughs> that's intruding on Geo's territory <laughs> right now. <Slice>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what I'm does really that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I think and, older women have their charms, I guess. Mm. And by the way, po Polly Walker in the first episode Polly of Rome, Walker. in the first episode of Rome, Polly Walker is fully nude. You see everything. Okay. There is nothing um, left to the imagination. Mm. So that should be a bit of inspiration for you to watch that HBO series Rome now. No, but anyway, I'm good. Thank you. God damn it. I was making such a good uh, such a good show for it. I No, I really Egg recommend you watch, watch that series. shows unless they're anime. No, You've completely oh. No, 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 no. That's not true. I only watch shows that I know I'm gonna like really enjoy watching. Because I feel like if I'm gonna sit there and watch someone else's thing, I, I know I'm aware this sounds incredibly pretentious, but I don't force it on anybody else. It's just like a personal thing, you know. Like I don't want to watch something if it's not going to challenge me in some way. That's how, how do you know it's not gonna challenge you before you watch it, though? That's true. So it has to be based usually if it's based on a friend's recommendation whose opinion i highly respect then i will be like okay if you're saying it then i'll do it all, all well i'm saying, I'm saying it in my experience it's hard to get you to watch a show easier to get you to watch an anime way easier 
Yeah, but there's because I know there's a few anime is more interpretive. Uh, live action shows are like very literal for one. Yeah, but even getting you to watch Avatar was like it took like a year or something. Yeah. I don't like the color design in Avatar, by the way. Again, there's too much pastels going on there, which is why I respect a lot of anime. And even when they do pastels, they do it right. Like Sailor Moon, for instance, their backgrounds are like top notch and they use a lot of pastel colors, but they make it work. But what is your, before we get to OnlyFans final question, <laughs> what is your favorite anime? Oh, do you even have fully, a favorite? Fully. Like, is it? Fully, wearing fully. I'm, wearing this shirt. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Yeah. See? What is, what is no it? Fully, fully Cooly, FCLC. Oh, what what is it about? <laughs> How do you describe this? It's by the guy who made Evangelion. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah. He also made, uh, let's see. You know, for the longest the time, ones? I thought it was pronounced Evan yeah, Evangelion, not Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also he also made this short back in the day. I'm not an day. anime person. I've only watched like a few things. Well, you've watched JoJo now. What else have you watched? Um, the other day I watched Redline. I watched that other anime movie. Redline's uh, great. What's your name? Yeah, Redline's great. Um, watched a bit of JoJo. Oh, like I watched like Studio. Have Ghibli you watched? Uh, dude, you got to watch Cowboy Bebop. That's like the best. Everyone one says to start that. With. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Lane in the future. Lane looks pretty interesting. Yeah, Lane is awesome yeah. too. Mm. Have you seen a uh, Daikon Four? This was one of the uh, first shorts that uh, Gainax did back in the day with this bunny oh, girl. Oh, you know what else? Have I you haven't seen that, but I do know Daikon a bit 4. about Gainax. You know that one? You know what's crazy? It's like even when like looks like DBZ. Yeah, it does actually. No, but even when, like when Japan is you doing like or like when anime is doing like ironic like po like ironic like postmodern humor. Like, do you know that one show um with like a bunch of shorts just references other things? Uh, pop, family Guy, Pop Team Epic, <laughs> no Family Guy. No. Pop oh, Team Pop Epic. Team Epic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've Epic. seen. I'm not as into anime as you might imagine. I just watch a few. Yeah. Uh, I've watched a few of the really good ones. I have seen Pop Team Epic, but I, I. Uh, I know what you mean, though, where it's like short. I've seen stuff like that, where it's like a short, uh, almost like skit based yeah. premise and set up like five minute segments, right? Like short yeah. little segments. Yeah. Mm. I like Have you seen a it's Gun like the Buster. TikTok of anime, essentially. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Have you seen Gunbuster? That was one of the other earlier Gynax uh, stuff. No, I've seen Evangelion and Fully Cooley. I haven't even seen uh, what's the one with the drills? I'm meaning to see that one. Yes. Uh, what is that yeah, called? Um, name of it. But I've only yeah, seen Evangelion and uh, Fully Cooley from the, from Gynex. Well, these are the costumes over here of the um, Gunbuster staff, if you will. This is mm. what they wear in the future to battle yeah, the aliens. Yeah, that's pretty much Twitch girls. Exactly. That's like, oh, that's, what does that mean? That's E-girls. Those are E-girls. Let me see. Are roll up, Lev. Roll and we're in space right now. We're in the we're space, in space of... Yeah. So it's only true. girls on OnlyFans are are actually we're, we're in the net cyberspace. Training. We're in cyberspace. Yeah, exactly. Well, e -girl, speaking of e -girl uh, e -girls. To OnlyFans pipeline, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You get it. <laughs> the space. So warrior. one of the, that's where it ends. One of the things warriors, I tried. One of the things I tried doing, which you were successful at, it, although I tried getting slightly different people. 
originally what I wanted to do, I wanted to do a stream with e-girls and gooners. So I tried to raid. raid Wait, what is a gooner exactly? Oh no, you Uh, asked it. Oh no. Geo, do you want to do? You mean like old internet users, like old? No, no, not like something awful. No, they come. Okay, see, I know about something. Okay, here's what happened. Hold on. Grew up on something awful. Yeah, I know. I know you guys have. I was on a different, somewhat rival internet message board at the time. And I had heard about something awful through the Let's Play community on YouTube. Mm. Oh, but you I, were on, um, I, what was could that I take a guess? Uh, I was on Portal Neo of Seeker. Evil. Uh, Neo Seeker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, that's ancient. Holy yeah, man. Uh, I, was on I thought Por- Portal of Evil. R.I.P. Lotax, by the way. He died yeah, apparently. R.I.P. Um, do I don't know how real okay, that is. But. So I know what a gooner is. Yeah. I just I'm not yes. used to using the word, but I, I think no, I mean. no, that's no, no, not what a goon is different. This came yeah. from Reddit. It's a something than... awful thing, right? No. Well, okay, yeah, no. the goon. Okay, the goon came from something awful, but this is like a totally different thing. It it's yeah. like people on Reddit who probably at one point were on something awful describing themselves. Okay, so a gooner is like imagine tantra, but like for a coon brain, like. <laughs> Okay. Basically, they're porn oh, addicts. Okay, okay. That oh, they, no. they immerse themselves in hour-long bouts, like hours-long bouts of porn consumption. Yeah. And some and, of them... And they have, they have a goon cave. They have a goon they have cave, which is basically... Where it has like multiple gamer screens. monitors. They're like just yeah. covered in cum, the walls of their cave. Yeah, like, like every screen has yeah. different forms of pornography. And they believe in getting to such a tantric state by... Through like, jerking edging. off? Through edging, yeah. yeah. Where Dude, it's like edging. the slightest touch can like just yeah that, that's what gooning is gooning is not shit. masturbating per se it's yeah. just continuing Holy on the sensation shit. so it's different than the something awful it's a continual buildup yeah yes yeah, it sounds like, oh. like the cheating way of like tantra yes basically yeah. it's it's, it's tantra like tantra for Reddit. crack no, no like, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. say it's that because it's I figure that. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I figure that if you're depriving your higher being or whatever you want to say of that sexual energy, then you're already siphoning off a lot of that sexual energy. The Kundalini ain't going up. Yeah, that's exactly. all I'm saying. You're the already Kundalini. Kundalini. You're just oh, smoking. Yeah, we've said that yeah. on the show. <laughs> yes. You're just stroking your cock. That's all. You're yeah, doing. but it's more of like to immerse yourself in this like. Yeah, but that's all they're really doing. That's yeah, so- yeah, that's what they. Yeah. yeah. So. I was kicked out of one of those uh, Discord servers, but I'm still on this one over here called Porn Bader Bros. And just Porn like Bader last time, Bros. just like last time, I read the names. Here are some names. They also believe of the in like it's funny because you'd figure they'd be into like a lot of like disgusting esoteric shit. But like, see, I heard you guys talk about this on another podcast, and you read out the names, and but I wasn't sure. I like. <laughs> I didn't really catch on to what was going on exactly, oh. and now I get oh. it. Yeah. Well, let's see. We no, have but they, addicted. They like the most mainstream, like big studio browsers shit porn. Yeah. They actually believe in paying <laughs> OnlyFans girls because they believe it's paying tribute to their gooner uh, content, and they believe right. in like tipping. It's like Patreon stars. for them. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. They believe that you're creating good content. So they will, a lot of times they will also be obsessed with like one particular OnlyFans. But I think that's a rarity. Star. I think they're actually an abnormality. Oh, I mean, come on, obviously. God. Yeah, they're I not mean, the norm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God they're Maybe not. Maybe not everyone has goon caves. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's well, I like tried, going I tried getting, multiple. 
<laughs> I tried getting some of the gooners on, and I got really close with this one Arabian dude who said that he, like, fantasizes about, like, evil shit, about, like, torture and all these kind of things, oh, and he says that he's an embarrassment to his own family, uh, and yeah, I was this close to, get, <laughs> to, to, get, to getting him on, and he's, like, supposed to be, like, a traditional Muslim, so mm. I don't oh, know. Man. Well, you know, but, uh, sometimes it's for people who feel suppressed in one way be it by like let's say in his case religion it's often expressed the 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 uh opposite the uh yeah kind of like the resentment against that you could say is expressed some other way and yeah. some people it's like more outwardly some people it's more like maybe it's a sexual thing or some people it's a lifestyle thing you know whatever there's many different ways of it but i think that's what that is well it's a question i think of if a culture ends up teaching you not just follow these rules or I chop your hand off, but it actually gets you to some kind of a higher stage where you can understand that, you know, you're, you're not going to do wrong to other people because you'll feel what it's like to do wrong on the inside. I think that mm. would be a higher state yes. as opposed to just like, I'm going to get punished for this. Right, exactly. So, it's a deeper understanding of, of oneself ultimately. Yeah. But here are some names. I'm not going to read all of them, obviously, but here are just some ones that popped up over here for me. Alcoholic Jack. Well, I hope Alcoholic Jack uh, sheds that habit. Then we have B-Boy for Life, Bambi OG, Beta Pump Piggy, Beta Gooner, Beta Gooner. Bel <laughs> Bella Thorne. Uh, let's see. Bimbo T-Girls Lover, uh, Bjork the Brave. Uh, Interesting. B Black Bull D. Uh, probably a One Piece fan. I'm not going to mm. read any more, but you, you get the idea. You know, the Will of D may be strong with uh, uh, Black Bull D. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's get on to the OnlyFans thing. So I guess we're kind of on it already since we're talking yeah. about this stuff. But what was that experience like speaking both with the uh, e-girls and the uh, uh, gentlemen that adore them? <laughs> Careful there. That, that I have a notoriously... <laughs> rocky mic stand so give me a one second here i think no problem well it was like uh i mean i just okay well here's actually this is this is actually kind of how it came together in a way i know i know a lot of um twitch streamers because i used to stream on twitch oh yeah back in the day um and i streamed for years and i was a part of a couple different communities like for the longest time, I was, a, I was a part of like this World of Warcraft PvP, uh, like, you know, arena community is like kind of a certain subset of World of Warcraft players. <laughs> and uh, I mean, which sounds in retrospect like, wow, like it's, it, yeah, it's a very pretty interesting community. But I knew a lot of other streamers from there. Some of them were girls and some of them, you know, whatever, we followed each other. And you know, sometimes you just follow people by, you don't even know them, but it's just degrees of separation. You know, this person, mutual yeah. friends, whatever. Right. Uh, and I saw a lot of them turning to them and all the, and Twitch girls that I knew separately from that. They were, you know, all of a sudden posting that they have an OnlyFans account on their Twitter. And, you know, and I'm not even saying that in a judgmental way necessarily. I'm just saying that's what they were doing as a st straight up observation. It became extremely common to see, you know, <clears throat> and at some point it peaked and it kind of, uh, you know, uh, evens out, you know, and now it's like there's a certain subset that have one still 
and a certain subset that don't or whatever. Like a lot of people, I think, tried it even, which is another thing. A lot of girls tried it and some of them stuck with it and some of them never tried it. But it just was this extremely like it hit the the zeitgeist, especially when it did, uh, you know, like pretty much with the pandemic, it really accelerated the amount of girls that were because it's like, yeah, I can just be my own uh, porn studio, basically. But what it was deeper than that, as I talked with the actual uh, consumers of OnlyFans, is that they weren't actually consumers at all in the traditional sense. They were more like they were craving a certain attention or, um, you know, relationship, connection. Yeah, that they just lacked. Yeah, recognition or familiarity. It wasn't even always about like jerking off. Uh, in fact, it often wasn't, which was interesting about the ones who mm. were uh, like the like the, the ones who they followed most uh, fervently or whatever. They wouldn't even necessarily jerk off that much. Uh, <laughs> not that I have like an intimate, you know, idea of their it's more of like a, almost like a weird sort of like romantic idealism, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, but DSP I, tries a goon. Well, DSP did jerk off on camera, so that's mm. I don't know if. He but was how gooning, much? Uh, but. <laughs> but how much? Just to be as fair as I possibly can to a lot of these uh, fans of the uh, OnlyFans, they didn't seem like are... total pathetic losers. By the way, they didn't seem like mm. they they looked like this sort of like media stereotype of an incel. They looked like yeah. just normal, maybe like just like normal, not except particularly like alpha guys mm. you know they didn't look they didn't get, have like serial killer vibes put it that yeah. way they just right. no but not not even that as far as being fair to uh, them how much relationships in general are such that there is a certain exchange whether we're talking about money whether we're talking about security but there is not really that strong connection, which I guess you could call love, you could call it whatever you want, where it does feel like it's transactional. Like, I'm the boyfriend, here's the girlfriend, yeah. we do the thing, we have sex, and that's it. Like, I don't know. I don't know in general. A lot of it is transactional yeah. anyways, in other words. Yeah, and to a certain extent, like I said before with the ego thing, uh, I think a lot of relationships are, but, but some are more than all. others. It doesn't have to be at all. How rare is it, though? It How might be rare, rare it but it's clearly possible. You know, it's like you can find a good girl and be a good guy and just have a good relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, good is to simplify, you know, it's such as whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, you could have a healthy relationship. I think How, let's say, uh, rare rare is it just... I, I know that you said you can, but throughout history and today as well... First of all, is there a difference between, you know, Geo, I know you like talking about how back in the day communities were a lot closer together, which they may have been. I just don't know what went on behind the scenes. I'm not talking about wife beating. I'm specifically talking about whether... No, I'm not ta- I'm oh, not talking about wife beating. I'm not talking about <laughs> wife beating. Then you shouldn't I'm, have said it. You shouldn't have said it. No, it's because every episode <laughs> he mentions wife beating. Yes, yes, but this time I'm not. <laughs> so this time what I mean specifically You mean prostitution is, like as the old... No, 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 no. What I'm specifically talking about here oh, sorry, is sex work. I'm very sorry. <laughs> whether whether a lot of these old school communities who lived in their villages back in the day, after the initial period of flowering romance, after that, how many families, how many like husbands 
could actually stand their wives and vice versa. Well, I'll tell you this. My grandparents are still together and they're like, you know, in their 90s and 80s. And my grandma like takes care of my grandpa and they've been with each other since they were like 18 or whatever. Since my grandma was 18, my grandpa was probably like 25 or something. But that was that was like, you know, a century ago almost. It was so long ago. And that's just how things were. And that was uh, I think a lot of what's going on right now with relationships is in complete disarray, which is kind of like the greater point I was hoping to allude to with the with the video and I don't even know how clear that came across but it's like this is just a problem that we're all dealing with in different ways again like going you know the technology philosophy thing um, without going too deep into it but it's just to get people to realize that on some level that like these divisions are unnecessary I agree. And for Nika, who says, who says love consumes too much propaganda. I am simply being devil's advocate here when it comes to how we look back. And the uh, problem is, Lev, is that um, I'm just fixing my (laughs) my shorts here. That's I want to show that in camera. Well, Um, I I don't I don't have a wife yet. So, you know, well, 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 I think the problem is what people consider romantic love itself is sort of like. The way that most people picture it is sort of like a modern, like I would say, Hollywoodized invention because marriage was done for a variety of reasons other than just either immediate physical attraction or some kind of inner pull towards a romantic other. But it's more of like, there was a lot of conventional reasons why people stuck to marriage for such a long time, even in societies where we didn't particularly have like because again, like all of this stuff, it's, it's relatively recent. Even the nuclear family, the way it's structured, like back in the day, it was more of a communal thing. Like you lived with your relatives and you had like, it, it was different. Like nowadays, so much is predicated upon sentiments that are of quote unquote free choice that don't necessarily, you know, result in like lasting relationships. It's um, a know? lot of what's happening too is people are so individualized that, yeah. It's hard to it's it's hard to survive and it's hard to like thrive when you're on your own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like here's the thing, yeah. like the oh sorry, I, I cut you off. No, I mean, and I guess like you can be you can even have family, but still if you feel like an individual completely in that family, then mm. you kind of kind of it's it's hard, yeah. Yeah. Here's the real like super mega red pill that even like fucking pua people pick up artists and and like post manus review these the they're afraid to talk about this uh deep red pill but a lot of people like a lot of like you know at the same time in the 2010s like having an acquaintance with a lot of like manosphere discourse they talk about like you know female hypergamy and all that crap which i mean is true i mean of course the problem it leads to like a certain form of bitterness because like hypergamy was always a thing because that's just their natural the like, natural evolutionary. evolutionary yeah exactly but, but here's the thing you know what destroyed the family more than just like the sexual revolution it was really no fault divorce really like that's what destroyed the quote-unquote nuclear mm-hmm. family more than any like promiscuity maybe, yeah, or pornography or what is no fault divorce exactly it's a policy like you can get divorced for any reason you don't have oh. to have like a period of oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said yeah. no fault of Boris, and I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I heard that too, but then I was like, no, no. Yeah, I was enunciating it. Yeah, Bor- Boris is innocent this time. Yeah, well, Boris yeah. is actually a great. Uh, what is he a band? One man musician? 
Yes. Well, well, it's well, funny that you say that because yeah. Boris is the name of me and Sam have a mutual friend who we talk to online in a song. setting just like this. We have made a song called Throw Boris into the Ocean because she has a cat <laughs> named Boris who Oh no. We oh, uh, no. Yeah, it's a no, long no, convoluted great. story. The cat's throw Boris in the ocean is just a metaphor for it's a metaphor. Yourself. Oh, it's man. a metaphor. Yeah, it's a deep. So there's a connection with Boris here, but we, we can send you the song if you want to hear. It's very weasery. Yeah. It's really so good. It was, so it was a met. It was an association. Yeah, but no. Yeah, no fault of Boris. I came up not with Boris. the words. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like that's. Like, that's lyrics, yeah. Oh, well, I see. I see what you mean with the no fault divorce and all these are big problems. What I'm, what I was pointing at though, is slightly different. So when we're talking about there being like a higher rate of suicides, there being a, a disconnect. Obviously, we're not divorce. talking about. Yes, we're not talking about. We're not talking about one hundred percent. Yeah, well, we're not talking about one hundred percent of the population. Yeah, we're talking about there just being slightly higher than whatever came before because yes. we have to compare one thing to another. So in the sense that I'm talking about what were most relationships like, I'm not saying that there was not a practical need for those particular relationships to be back in the day. What I'm just wondering about is how often were there great scenarios like the ones that Glink to, said to us regarding uh, his family, his grandparents, and how much was it, let's say, you were married off to somebody back in the day who you really couldn't even stand and now you were just stuck there with this person that you were just really didn't care about and nothing oh, yeah, ended up that, coming that's of that. Possible. That happened. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, that's but it happened. Extreme. But what I don't know is like when we say something happened, did something happen 50, 50, did something happen to a bigger extent? Cause this is how I want to approach a lot the, of these the things. Thing how do we solve problems? Class you're in too, because usually when it came to divorce, like that was, a trend that was started by upper classes, let's face it, because lower classes, they didn't have, if you were part of a peasantry class, you really got married for a variety of reasons that wasn't necessarily like your own personal sentiments. Like there was a lot of like, like labor and class issues involved and who got married to whom and like who stuck together. Like <clears throat> it seems nowadays we're going back to almost like an older way of doing it where only like really rich people or really poor people are the ones that have kids and end up it's staying feudalism. together relatively. Yeah, yeah, but not like a based form of a muck farmer feudalism. <laughs> no, it's like a tech. <laughs> it's like some stupid techno tech feudalism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, tech surfdom. California well, ideology feudalism. They'll uh, they'll sit in the pods, eat the bugs. Meanwhile, watching <laughs> right. uh, what, what was it? Project Melody. They're gonna be watching yeah, exactly. Project Melody. That's the Project Melody. Exactly. What the fuck is this? <laughs> That's the future. <laughs> Oh, I have to look. Th what is Project That's Melody? the Gooners future. Like AI OnlyFans girl kind of thing. Oh, gee. Like an anime. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. What the fuck is this? <laughs> 2070 coming right at you. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I'm going to try to find the most safe for work picture I can. K-Sun? I mean, yeah. Is that the K-Sun? Is that like is that like K Song? We're back in Vietnam. No, <laughs> We're back in K Vietnam. <laughs> look at this short K Song steps on me. What the fuck? Oh no! I'm watching this on YouTube. Oh boy, this is but terrible. Yeah. I hate fucking. I hate VTubers <laughs> with a pa all VTubers should be Minecraft. YouTube should ban them. Get rid of. But them. that's the future, man. People are gonna be living through these virtual avatars in the metaverse. 
Okay. I came to, listen, I came to a realization the other night. I want to hear what you guys think about this. Am I off my rocker or am I on the right path? Okay. Hear me out on this. Okay. The sun is the natural light. Uh You could equate it to God's light. Okay. Mm -hmm. Phones. They have a man-made light. The light of uncreated light. Exactly. Yeah. And, And, that is like the self. When you look at a phone, you're really looking at yourself. I mean, it's called Black Mirror, the show, because yeah. it's a reflection of yourself. And even like your interests, your likes, what you watch, it's all a reflection of the self. When you're more into your phone, you're into yourself. And the self is Satan, Lucifer. It's both. Both are within you. You have God and you have Lucifer. Okay. Bearing that in mind, say this metaverse thing and something like it, and tech companies in general adopt something like it, these things really take off. And say people do live like bugs. They No, well, they, that too. They <laughs> eat bugs and they live like bugs in a pod, consuming, gooning the matrix of screens all around them. It'll be a nice, comfortable, warm screen. It'll be like a bathtub, really, with like a screen around it. That's like nice. You know, it's going to make it seem nice. But that's the, that's the matrix, right? That's hell. Oh, yeah. And heaven is like ascending to God's plane. Out which of is, Plato's cave. Yeah. Is Plato's cave. Right now we're in cave. Plato's cave. We're shadows. You guys are shadows. But, but like the, in the digital space. The, the, the pod is like the ultimate Plato's cave, right? You're it just is. staring yeah. at images. On, hmm. on a and that's where humanity. Well, well, to, to one level, Plato, that's always been our struggle level. as humans. In, in Plato, there was the, the metaphor of the sun, which was in uh chapter six i think which was plato's cave so like there's a bunch of like metaphors along with the cave the metaphor of the sun is like he equates it to the the form of the good so like you know how the light gives us the ability to see reality the form of the good is the highest form because it gives us the ability to intuit reality right yeah so so like there was this meme actually it was like one of those like it was appropriating like a rage text meme, but it was like the cell phone is like the demiurge because it's mm-hmm. a black screen that's that projects light that shows you the knowledge of the universe, right? It's like then, Lev, you know the one I'm talking about. You've probably seen this. I think our friend uh, Outlaw. Uh, but are, how often are you really accessing the knowledge of the universe with a phone mm. these days? With yeah, everything that, being that, so censored and so controlled, and I find myself jumping between Twitter, Instagram. And my camera, you know, yeah, and music, Spotify. And I find music to be the best use of my phone, actually, because music is something that's kind of surpassing mm. the. Well, there is a art. there is Libgen. Yeah, it's art. If uh, for those who heard of Libgen, you can get any uh, book you want from there. And what I do is I have this e-reader. It's giant. It's like 13, 13 inches. And I have a little remote control video game controller via Bluetooth that I use on this ebook. So I have the ebook suspended on this pole where I sit down and like I'm looking straight at this book and I drink my coffee and just flip the pages of the book without having to actually hold something or lean my head down and it's the best. So I think we can figure out a way that we can leverage technology to get access to a lot of this uh uh, philosophical Dude, information to a lot of things right that enlighten now. us. You're doing it right now. Yeah. This is doing it right now. This exactly. is also your vision. As I, as I, at least like the way I interpreted it was that like, when you see the truth in the matrix, you can manipulate, you can use it to, I didn't even want to say your advantage. You could use it to the greater good, even to put it 
in exactly. a altruistic mm. way. But this also relates to the human-animal thing, because in a way what you're saying, people get it trapped in the feedback loop where you can, let's say, I think you can access higher states through virtual reality too, but it's way more limiting because you're stuck with a lot more things that are occupying your headspace. For example, when you listen to the radio, There's you're not using... Yeah, well, you're not using your eyes, so you can imagine, yes. but you're using your ears. Yes. When you're reading a book, you're not using your uh, you're using your eyes, but you're not seeing something. You're just seeing text. Yeah. So you can use your imagination. You can use your mind's eye to imagine. Yeah, there's still the verbalization there within the mind's eye when you. Whereas reading. when you're watching a screen, it's not even your imagination. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're just zoning out. You're listening to their imagination. Yeah, but if it's really good, if it's like then it's worth it's like watching. Taxi driver, then yeah, then, that's why I'm selective yeah. with what I watch. Yeah, trust me, Rome. It's to. really good. You got to watch Rome. You got to see Polly Walker naked. I don't know, but uh, it's funny you mentioned Rome because I have a mutual that said Rome, like out of all the like the shows that like right wing Twitter anons watch, like <laughs> Sopranos, um, like Lord of the Rings. Like they, he said, like Rome, like was kind of not great is lord of the rings right wing twitter i don't think it is ah well kind of oh no now it is because it's incredibly based but it's not political whatsoever actually no well yeah yeah but um no he he said (laughs) i forget what he said he said that like it's kind of like um despite its claim to be accurate it's sort of like not the accurate depiction of rome it was more of like the roman republic of a certain era rather than during caesar's time it was sort of like because they they were trying to take it and make it into like a contemporary political Wait, show. Which show are you guys talking about? The the Rome. series HBO's Rome from Rome. HBO. Oh, oh, yeah. Because oh. like they were trying to take I, it. I, and I dude, know, we live in look, modern maybe... day Rome. We're living in Rome yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, How just, ironic not, not to have as, a show cool. that is perpetuating Roman mm. bread and circus. Yeah. Speaking of bread oh, and right. circus, I mean, people probably ask you about Kim Kardashian. That's like such a hack thing yeah, to ask is, an Armenian. It is. So, so you're not going to ask still it, gonna... right? <laughs> It's either, no, it's either Kim it. Kardashian or System of a Down. That's it. True. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, fuck. I, I don't have anything I want to say about Kim I Kardashian. I wanted to say one we more thing, though. It... Yeah. In, in regards to the Matrix thing. Uh, and we, okay. I think this is why I like psychedelics. When you do them in the right setting, let's say in nature, in a beautiful sunset, whatever, you're reminded of how amazing god's creation is and how much better it is than like anything else yeah yeah there's also an element of uh well there's also an element of fear and which you said right now slush looking with fresh eyes i'll give you this example this is like both one of the most brilliant and scariest things that have ever happened to me i was in the russian turkish baths in new york (laughs) city on 10th street not those types of bathhouses (laughs) Actually, funny you ask. should say that because they have certain days where they are those types of bathhouses. Oh, really? Still? Yes. I had to find that, out. Yes. Oh had to find that out the hard Roman way. Roman days? Uh, yeah, Roman days, exactly. I hope they clean uh, out. Do they I go in with they... a toga? Yeah. Okay, so here's here's what happened. I hope they so clean it out usually, afterwards for the regular page. I usually go I usually go to the Russian baths and I go there with my mindfold, my Alex Gray mindfold. In fact, I may have one live. Dude, I gotta see. Can somewhere. you vlog this? I want to see this in action. What is a mindfold? Sure. It's a blindfold here. You're like Jimi Hendrix. You're like white Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) (laughs) Later later on, I'm going to show show you what it looks like. But anyway, it's this thing Alex Gray invented that completely covers your eyesight. So I go to the Russian baths on a Thursday 
And first thing I notice is that all the men are naked and there are no women. So this is a men's only time, which is fine. You know, whatever, you know, less stuff to wait, wear. Less things wait, 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 wait. Your eyes are closed, but you've noticed that they're naked. No, no. Let, let me explain. My <laughs> eyes aren't closed when I get into the bat. Hold on, Gio. Fuck you. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Listen, you... <laughs> I want I go to the baths. First this of all, like... I can't. I can't go to the baths with the mindfold on because I'll trip. Right, right. Because there's okay. a stairway. Okay. Uh, yeah, obviously you cannot wear the Wait, mindfold. Wait, men and women go together, go... love? It would be kind they of do. alpha to walk in if you memorize the layout of a four. <laughs> walk in blindfolded. That's what I a Russian. Know that men and uh, women were together what, though. Like well, in... that's by the way what Glink said right now. This is yeah. what Russian You're submarine. Like well, this is what Russian submarine trainees do. Like the Russian Navy, they go in blindfolded into the submarine in case things shut down. They need to know how to navigate it. But that's besides the point. The point is that I went to the Russian baths. And <laughs> um, what I usually do is actually, I did meet a girlfriend of mine uh, in the Russian baths, believe oh, it or God. not. She, w she was there. I was admiring her body. Whoa. But not, not, Whoa. not nude, though. Not okay. nude, though. This is not, okay. this is not, this is not Koreatown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it a co-ed? Was it? Hold on. Yes. Hold I'm getting to Unisex? it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is not Spa Castle, so it's not nude. Although I believe Spa Castle <laughs> is segregated by gender. But okay. anyway, but be. or by by sex rather. <laughs> but, yeah, that'd be awkward, but, like a mixed men and women, but like it's nude. It would be a cult. That happens it in Europe. That happens cult. in Europe. Yeah, yeah it's a nude beach basically. Yeah, nude, exactly. Like if if you're all nudists, like if you go in with an understanding, I guess. Yeah. But like a normal Turkish. Bath you're going with like, an understanding that you're going to take a cyanide capsule halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to drink flavoring. They hand yeah. out to you. <laughs> so anyway, just to describe the Russian oh, Turkish. Oh, you know, baths. it's funny I mention that because you know it's the anniversary of Jonestown. Today? Really? Yeah. That's oh, timely. Yeah, that's that's kind of creepy, yeah. actually. I heard it on the radio today. Yeah. Everyone drink your Kool Aid. Okay. I feel like I need to do a prayer to God now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to pour pour some Kool Aid out for the homies. Okay. So, anyway, I'm in the Russian baths, and sometimes it's, I think it's co ed most of the time. RIP Jim and Jones. Co -ed. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and it's co And it's co ed. For a real and one. <laughs> oh, God. And. It's co-ed after a certain time on certain days. So on Wednesday, wow. it's women. It's women only. Scissor me timbers time. It's women only until two o'clock. And I believe on Tuesdays and so Thursdays. <laughs> on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's men only until like four o'clock or five. I don't remember. So anyway, Dude, I ended up no going way. on a Thursday. Everybody, like all the guys were naked, obviously. And I said, okay, I'm going to take my shorts off too. Fuck it. Who cares? I don't care. I'm, 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 I'm proud to be naked. A lot of old Middle Eastern men. <laughs> well, hold, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the men in a second. So what I usually do, nude or I not. I certainly nude, hope what not. I, yes. What I usually do <laughs> is I go, into, uh, I go into one of those baths. I especially like the Turkish bath because uh, it's good for you meditation. You said my trigger word, but go on. Uh, all right. I knew I, knew I was going to say the trigger word. But anyway. Wait, don't they have some Turkish-style baths in Armenia? Like, I'm sure that would have culturally kind of... Uh, That's the thing. A lot of modern-day Turkey was ancient Armenia. And not yeah. even that ancient, like just before the Soviet... Okay, so would it be better to say Armenian bath then? Would that be... Uh... No, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Already. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I, I don't actually but, care that much. I'm just kidding. All right. Anyway, 
I was in the bath and what I usually do is I put on my mindfold and I do the Wim Hof method while sitting in the hot bath and then I immediately go into the ice pool and that's when I get what I refer to as the flashing. When things get so intense at one point I ended up seeing kind of like what looked like angel wings sprouting out there which kind of looks like the... um, rod of caduceus and you've seen that imagery everywhere you know like the uh like that medicine it look like the biblical angels where it's like the eye surrounded by wings wheels within wheels yes well technically speaking when i uh do the meditation if you recall like those images of those vortexes that were swirling around that i was able to turn into letters of the alphabet those vortexes if i pay attention to what they actually look like what they look like is uh is like balls that are spinning in circles. And those are kind of like eyes. They're like orbs. They're like eyes yeah, that are spinning okay. in these circles. And here, I'll show you this example here. Uh, look at the chat. Sometimes one when I try to meditate, I'll cl- close my eyes and I'll notice like weird light patterns that are like kind of faint and fading, constantly moving in my like closed eye state, if that makes sense. So I don't know if that's something mm. similar to what you're describing. I no, I think, I think it is. Well, it may be related. I mean, over here, you see the first image that I posted here. You see those little those little balls, those little orbs. Yeah. And they're in three-dimensional space. This is kind of what it is. So when I think of those biblical angels, this is the first thing I'm reminded of. And what I basically got from doing a lot of this meditation is that everything can be reduced to lines and circles. And lines within circles and circles within lines. So it's like you create a shock wave of energy. And that shock wave of energy, it has a center, it has a core, kind of like the sun to mm-hmm. our earth. And then from that blooms out other circles which spin around kind of like a flower growing or a tree it's growing a fractal spiral pattern the armenia's exactly. uh, one of their most important symbols is a infinite spiral it's a spiral that's meant to represent infinity it's just uh i mean it's probably i forget i don't know what exactly how to you could probably google it and find it pretty easily but it's just like a kind of like a flower spiral that is meant to represent exactly that like I, me and uh, Sam were talking about this, actually, we were kind of going back and forth, but I think we ultimately agree that like every, it's, it's everything. Uh, how would you describe it, Sam? Yeah, that is, that is the spiral pattern I'm talking about. I'm not sure what you're about to say. So um, when we would talk about like how things are predetermined and they're not at the same time. Oh yeah. Uh, like, I think that, there's one objective source of everything, but everything that's happening is uh, on its own path, so to speak. But it, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what each yeah. line represents, its own path starting from the same source, but going mm-hmm. in its own direction. And eventually it ends up meeting uh, back up yeah. when yeah. Brahma breathes in again. But it is funny, though. If you were to simplify this symbol, can you guess what it would be? Like, what is the symbol? Yeah, it is essentially can... like the swastika. But before exactly. the swastika, yeah. it was also the uh, symbol of, is a Hindu symbol for, is it Hindu? Or I don't even know the exact No, it's not, it's not just Hindu. It's European. It's multi, it's, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, yeah. yeah. It's an ancient symbol is what it is. That's really all it is. It's an ancient symbol about, I, so without getting too much into it, I went on a trip this last week and i actually felt and sort of saw the spinning force that everything is a part of and i understood the 
this symbolism. Even the cross is like the center of it's like a it's it's the meeting exactly. point. It's the intersection. But and these lines exactly are joined. Why, that's exactly why I see the cross in the center of my vision. It's like literally, you know, two sticks, you know, right. one like this, another one like this. Sometimes there's like two like this as well. And we can see it all over. Like wh whatever you stare at, it's all in perspective. Everything you stare exactly. at is in perspective. Everything is perception. Everything yeah. is perception. That's the first thing. Everything exactly. is filtered through, through perception. We're cameras well, get... in creation, essentially. Exactly. But now I got to get back to the Russian, through the Russian yeah, bath uh, story. No problem at all. This was a great tangent. But <laughs> when I went to the Russian bath, I do the meditation, I see the visions, yada, yada, yada. So that day I ended up going into the aromatherapy room and I noticed that a lot of these men, they look like the village people. Like one guy has like the burly biker mustache and um, I the put band, on the, the village people. Yes, exactly. And I put on I, I put on the thing, I put on the mindfold and I start doing the Wim Hof method, but then I start hearing in the background these noises like uh, uh, uh. and then the well, I think you can guess what happens next. You took off your blindfold and, and started join joined in on them? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, the security guard came by around that time and he put a stop to all these hijinks. And then I was in another another bath, uh, the um, the sauna. And in the sauna, there was this poor Asian dude who was just trying to jack it. And then there was the security oh guard God. came back in and like... Hey, well, why is that it. so common in there? <laughs> Jesus. What kind of bathhouse are you going to? Because it was gay oh. bathhouse day. It, it yeah, must it was, have been was, gay bathhouse day. It was yeah, the But it was against the rules. You went on the wrong against... day at the wrong time, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I've read the shallow forums thread and he like got inspired. No, never mind, never mind. Yeah, one one, one uh, practitioner of this particular day referred it when I asked him about what's going on here. He said, Yeah, this is the witching hour. That's that's what he mm. calls it. And but anyway, this wasn't even the main story I wanted to say regarding the Russian baths. The main <laughs> story was this. So I went onto the balcony, and everyone there gets high in the balcony. Nice. It's one of the places in New York City where you. I mean, now weed is legal, so it doesn't matter. But like back then, it was in like New one York? of the places. In, yeah, in New York. On oh, the city, only city, in the city. Yeah. No, everywhere. Really? It's legal. Yeah. I That's mean, wild. it's not legal to purchase uh, to to sell it. But uh, unless you're a oh okay, then it's uh, not really company. legal. There's no dispensaries. No, there are dispensaries, and there are some loopholes. I think like it's become way more loose now. It sounds like it's decriminalized. Yeah, it sounds like it's no, decriminalized. no, 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 no. It is legal for you to consume it in public. It's even more legal than in California. Wait, are you from New York? Yeah, I'm. I live in New York. How do you survive? What? Well, yeah. technically speaking, I moved somewhere else right now. I'm not going to say where okay, in terms okay. of not doxing myself. But that's a I'm crazy around... city to be in, especially right now, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have a place there still, and it's kind of like living on hard mode, you could say, as far as watching your back. There are certain people who came on the stream who said, no, New York City's fine. I personally think that they're lying to themselves. You must watch Rossman. Louis Rossman? Yes, yes, yes. He is yeah, like great. the most like base New Yorker kind of guy. Oh, yeah. He's great. Um, by the way, Fallen Student says, Love was visualizing the one-eyed snake. Thank you very much for that, Fallen Student. No, but the important story Love here, which relates to... guest appearance on BTR, actually. Yes, <laughs> which relates um, to what we were talking I'm, about. I'm listening. I'm going to use the... I have a restroom right here, so I'll still Go be able to it. hear you. Right. So keep going, okay? Okay, are we going to hear you tinkle? No, though? no, no, because the mic is right here. So no. Can you bring the mic oh, with right. you? 
I've yes, seen that was, people that, do that, 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 that wasn't a question. That was a request. Yeah. They carry the kit, the cell yeah. phone with them. No, I love, by the way, I love, by the way, in The Sopranos, where you had that scene where the guy says, I need to go tinkle. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. In, in Anthony's well, I thought Sopranos you were going to mention Bobby's kid shitting in the shower. I thought you were going to mention that. No, no, no. Well, no. with, um, yeah. With uh, that Sopranos episode, I also liked Annette Benning making an appearance there as Annette Benning. I thought that was a nice touch. Annette Benning, by the way, another uh, celebrity I have a crush. Man, what is this MILF pattern going on with all my celebrity uh, uh, crushes? This isn't good. I, I got to think of somebody off. younger. Yeah, I got to think of somebody younger. I don't know. But anyway, uh, when it comes to the Russian-Turkish baths, one day I went there, and this was around the time that I did Mushrooms. But I wasn't doing mushrooms on that particular day. On that particular day, I went up to the deck and I was given a kosher joint by this young Hasidic guy, you know, with the uh, paces and everything like that. And when I smoked this joint, I got to look around the, ba- uh, the, the deck and all of a sudden I started to see what I think is actually going on here. We perceive reality in such a way that I think it makes everything look clearer than it actually is. What I got to see was, instead of seeing what you're usually seeing, I saw this dome. Kind of like, um, if you recall a lot of early depictions of the world, they would have this dome, right? They would have, like, this dome of creation. Gio, what do you call it biblically like this? Firmament. um, Firmament, yes, thank you, exactly, firmament. So what I saw... I'd say would be the equivalent of actually seeing the firmament around you, and I saw the pixels in the firmament. I figured out it's actually not as perfect as we convince ourselves it is. There are these imperfections. You basically see the pixels of this firmament screen of the matrix that you're always in, and you don't realize it. This is actually a screen that you're looking through right now, yeah. kind of like a digital screen. Dude, you're and you're then... literally Neo. Damn, what Dude, you gotta get into Frank Yang. <laughs> I don't know who. Who's no, you Frank don't have Yang. to get into him. But no, but he just would like, like they, they're saying similar things. It's just yeah, but he's coming I, from a different perspective. I think. I, I, I got to look coming up Frank from Yang. more of a. What would I call your perspective? It's more of like logical or like uh, I don't know what the word is. Visual, maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, sure. But when I saw that thing, it wasn't done yet. Then I got a voice which told me, like, hey, love, you realize you could do anything you want to right now. But that was super scary. Because at that moment, it felt like the protective shell that we have around us at all times was ripped apart. Mm. And I was actually naked. And I was naked before the sun. And I was naked before God. That was one of the first times that I felt like I was so scared because I knew that the sheath has been taken off and I knew that whatever I was going to do right now was going to have a potentially very scary uh, you know, effect. So the only thing I wanted to do at that point was just to kneel down and pray. Just to kneel down mm. and just, it was like the fear of God. That's what I experienced mm. at that point. I experienced the fear of just like this overwhelming sensation of what exactly is beyond our recognition, which is why I partly think it's overwhelming that, because yeah. you, when yeah. you truly feel that there is something, some greater force that we're all a part of, it's, uh, there are bigger than you. Yeah. It's so much bigger than you. Words stop mattering. What you think stops mattering and what you, 
think you are stops mattering because you realize you're a part of something greater and you actually feel it. And that's the, that's why psychedelics are great because they're sort of a transporter to something you can achieve uh, with meditation and breathing exercises and these kinds of things, if you go deep enough into them, but psychedelics are, a, they're, they're, yeah, they're, tech, they're the original technology. They're hmm. nature's technology. I think that they're more of a guide for you to know what to look for with meditation and stuff like that more than anything. I, I, I could definitely see it that way as well, but we're not done yet. After that, I was able to do one thing though, just to kind of test it out. I was able to make like a Dragon Ball Z style orb, a red orb appear in my hands. So, or at least in one hand, I was just looking at them all, all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, there's like a red orb over here. Okay, that's, <laughs> really? That's yeah, really. But no, I know that that's what happened. Only you could see it, right? Yeah, probably only me could see that's it. That's interesting. Probably only I could see it. But then what happened, two things happened after that. Number one, there were these people who were right next to me who were just like laughing about, and they were making some joke with a pickle, like they had some pickles that they were eating, and everything started turning red, and I felt like I was in this hellish realm. And it is kind of the idea of the bardo being <laughs> like, yes, there may be different realms out there, but we also have different bardos inside of other bardos. So you can be in the human realm and still experience the hell world mm. whenever, exactly. you know, whenever you kind of go um, there. You know, people call it my own personal hell. You know, people say stuff like that all the time mm. because it doesn't matter, you know, how many comforts <laughs> uh, or how beautiful nature is that you're living in. If you're living... If you have pressures, spiritual pressures, relationship pressures, emotional pressures that make you feel like you're in a state of hell, then you are, you know, heaven and hell exactly. is just as much a state of mind as it is. It, I think it also can be a place too. to be fair. There's like dystopias and like, like I'm saying, this yeah. matrix of the mind would be equivalent yeah. to a hell, but, or, or yeah. if you get reincarnated in the factory farm. Sure. Yeah. That's as close Pencil as to hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then what ended up happening was out of that came this model who modeled for Antifa, who had this uh, red hair, dyed red hair, but still red hair, beautiful, big, plump breasts, some tattoos on her shoulder. And she came to me and it almost felt like one of the rabbis, like one of the Hasidic uh, Jews there summoned her for me. Mm. And she just came <laughs> she just came in there and we started talking and later on we started making out. And uh, that was a very Wait, interesting experience. Wait, you made experience. out with an Antifa girl? Is that what you said? She also said she was a witch. Oh. But yeah. The, the devil takes many forms. <laughs> exactly. He, would, he wouldn't be so successful if he wasn't so tempting. TikTok witch. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, nothing really ended up happening from that relationship. Uh, but uh, not it relationship. Was a, she it was, was a just succubus. a one day. She was a she you literally, literally looked like you summoned. Her. Yeah, she literally looked like a succubus from um, Symphony of the Night. But you, you blamed it on the probably? rabbis. I think you summoned her. I don't know. Maybe blame it, it just on the felt, Jews. Why not? Blame it on the rabbis. It felt like they were doing some burning like they were giving me some, magic shit happened. <laughs> no, I think they had something to do with it. I think they or were. Maybe it was your me. inner rabbi that summoned her. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the other oh! rabbi that I that that I saw that I saw in the dream. So yeah, that was pretty much the entire thing. That's my uh, psychedelic story nice. with the uh, Hasidic oh, joints. So, That's pretty there cool. There we are. That's awesome. Thank you, man. You guys are all awesome. You guys are amazing. I would love to do this again. Yes. You. This is uh, this is a fantastic show. Let's go on to super chats right now. 
Let's see. And by the way, all the people who are listening to this who don't really know what the heck Break the Rules is, who came here from uh, uh, Glink, Slush, or Gush. And by the way, I want to talk about Gush as well, about your uh, podcast. But uh, anyway, for yeah, all the... what is this TikTok doctor thing that you got ratioed for? What happened with that? Some Dr. K. Yeah, who is Dr. K? Give us a quick TikTok story. doctor. T- sorry, not TikTok. Scratch doctor. TikTok. There's plenty TikTok-ter. of those, and they're all ghouls. That's a good term. That's going to happen. That's already a thing. It must be. TikTok. Yeah, there's TikTok doctors, and they're all terrible. I'm guessing you're not familiar with who Dr. K is. I've heard, I think I've heard of him, but he's a psychiatrist, psychologist. What is he? Dr. K is, yeah, he's, in his own words, a Harvard trained psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. um it streams on twitch he does a lot of mental health advocacy he talks you know he just like talks about a lot of stuff and he also does these one-on-one stream sessions or talks with public personalities usually with streamers sometimes youtubers or whatever and uh these talks are very similar to therapy like uh he uses therapeutic techniques according to other psychiatrists they would in their own words he uses therapeutic techniques um and he often dives into like traumatic experiences and he sort of like speed runs therapy over the course of one session, sometimes <laughs> two, very rarely more like more than one though. And uh, yeah, he just kind of became like a sensation. He blew up when he first talked to Reckful and it was like very oh. emotionally intense. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, and like my po- video- Pokemane as well, right? What's that? He talked with uh, Pokemane as Pokemane, well, right? Pokemane, oh, he's talked with so many people. <laughs> Lots and lots yeah. of people. Um, and so, like, my video was actually focusing on... It's about, like, me questioning the ethics of what he does. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he's in this position of medical authority and he's... It seems incredibly... The line. Like, I could be wrong. I don't know why people were going after you, but it, could, it seems like, just for what you're saying, incredibly irresponsible for... Yeah, that, that uh, was... So, like, yeah. my initial perspective when I first heard about him was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And I was actually working on a documentary on Rectal at the time. And, was, and it kind of I was like, wow, he like helped Reckful so much. Later that year, um, after Reckful took his life, I sort of had a perspective switch. I didn't, I don't think that he is responsible for Reckful's death at all. Uh, of course not. But I did start to think like, hey, maybe like this wasn't a good idea or whatever to be doing these sessions and like, I don't know. So I started thinking about it. And about a year later, I put out this video. Uh, I thought on it for a really long time. I interviewed some psychiatrists. I interviewed Reckful's brother. I interviewed Reckful's mm. close friends about it because they. I found out, came to learn that they felt the exact same way. Um, and yeah, like basically my position is that like these one-on-one sessions, potentially not a good idea. Blurring the lines between conversation and therapy and like there's a lot of uh, potential for disaster, even though yeah. there is so much clear potential for good. Like we, I was, my, my thought process, we kind of need to like look at this potential for disaster. And I kind of uh, like focused on his relationship with Reckful and like went over specific things that he said, such as like during a conversation, I got a lot of shit for this. I still stand by this. They were having, he, this was like, as they were discussing Reckful being suicidal and Dr. K just goes like, starts telling him that he believes reincarnation is real and all this stuff. And it was like, you know, like things like that, where it was just like, Seemed incredibly irresponsible. Also telling yeah. him that like he's gonna love him for two years so that his BPD will go away, which is like 
you shouldn't be saying that. And like the idea yeah. that a stable relationship will get rid of BPD is like controversial in itself. Why like, you shouldn't be putting that in someone's head when you're in a position of medical authority. Anyway, actually, I mean, you want to get people all... advocate against, like some psychiatrists advocate against having intense relationships while your BPD is flaring up because that's yeah, exactly. That that's like controversial in itself. Anyway, sorry no, to cut you off. Mm. I, I don't want to get like too into all the, the details. If you really want to like know all what I'm saying yeah. about the video, you could just watch it. Yeah, throw it up, love. Throw it up, love. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of shit on people. People really were upset with me for making the video. Uh, they they think that I just did it for clout and they think yeah. that uh, the, like, why would you say something negative about the only good thing on Twitch? My heck and, wholesome Twitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, what I've come to understand <laughs> yeah. is like there are some people who are upset because Dr. K helped them. And I'm criticizing by criticizing Dr. K. I'm criticizing their progress. Yeah, then. And then there's also people who, uh, how would I put it? I guess they're just not, they're very uneducated on why we have ethics codes with psychiatry and medical stuff in general. And they, they just fail to understand. They, they like watch the video and like, I don't understand why it was such a big deal that the lines are blurred. Mm. And it's, so it's just like a complete failure to understand mm. in that department, I guess. But I don't blame people for like why should they be educated on this? They're not doctors, but like a lot of people definitely get attached to personalities, especially on Twitch, and I think that's where a lot of your negative right uh, reactions came yeah. from. Just an emotional yeah. attachment. There's like a parasocial them. relationship that people have with yeah. a psychiatrist, it's which inherent. is like all kinds of fucking weird. Mm. And uh, that's precisely where people make a lot of their mistakes is when they follow someone so closely and they think that that person is the the truth, the guru, yeah. as we started out talking about, you see yeah. that so much on Twitch. It's like cults of personality, quite exactly. literally. Hmm. And they're not even that interesting. Like, say what you want about uh, Mao Zedong, but at least he wrote poetry, you know? Right. <laughs> at least, like, he, I mean, he murdered, like, he got the high score in terms of uh, the amount <laughs> the of kill, people the killed. The KD ratio. Yeah, but, but it's still like some kind of personality, some kind of a historical figure as opposed to Pokimane, as opposed to but just here's the like thing. these. Well, those, Twitter has them too, but it's Those just... purely like, they're kind of like uh, personalities being uploaded to the matrix is kind of how I view them in a certain way. Because mm. yeah. you have to give so much of your time and energy and self, keyword there, to twit. Like these people stream all day, every day. They interact with a virtual chat room. They're essentially talking to themselves. I mean, that's sensationally what's happening you know in terms of their senses so it's like you know back to plato's cave it's it's just uh shadows on the wall yeah. it becomes a feedback loop and there's a weird thing with doctors if you notice dr k and dr phil you know like another doctor similar who, to sort of thing, similar. You know? <laughs> yeah well it's very performative it's a catchy, based, it's I, a, yeah it's a role it's like playing yeah. a role yeah. as uh, much as i i gotta say as much as i hate him and I think like he's a terrible. No, I'm not gonna fed post, but like you know that big Joel guy, the bread tuber. Um, his video on Doctor Phil was actually <laughs> this guy's pretty teeth accurate. are fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> no, but his yeah, video on Doctor Phil was like actually pretty <laughs> accurate. Yeah, this is this the guy is... that trolled Doctor Phil the bum. I know, I know, guy, I've seen yeah. this, I've seen this. But I love this like guy; he's amazing. He looks like Voldemort. The best, the best part was like when he straight up said, "This is ancient history for those for Zoomers who don't know," but uh. The bum fights thing but he said to dr right. phil where he's like um you me i exploit people but you exploit people every day and Doc phil just goes no one don't it was no one don't you're out of here get him out of here he said no he put no, him in the said, corner 
Yeah, yeah put straight up did. No, Dr. Phil said, he said, you just keep telling yourself keep telling that. Yourself, that that's what he's no, I don't. But yeah, he speaking, brought uh, him on just to do that stunt, which is fucking yeah. mental. It's performance yeah. art. So yeah, speaking yeah, of per- yeah, performative, exactly. going back to Dr. Mm-hmm. K for a second. So like in the beginning when I was describing who Dr. K is, I said, in his own words, he's a Harvard-trained psychiatrist. Well, after I made the video, I had some doctors email me, first of all, just thanking me because they felt, they knew about him and they they felt the same way. One of those doctors told me that she had looked into him and that he wasn't like he didn't go to Harvard, that he went to like he went to Tufts Medical School, which is a good medical school to my understanding. And they had like a program that was like financially supported by Harvard or something. And so he used that association to say Harvard trained. Like, I'm I'm not confirming that I know this for sure, because I haven't done the research myself. This is just what a doctor told me in an email. Yeah. But and for all I know, it wasn't even a real doctor. Right. But uh, I mean, the, uh, they, the person exists. I Wait, them up, which doctors like... are real and which ones are fake? Nobody <laughs> yeah. knows. Yeah, I think. No, but that's the thing about the standards of medicine, like it, because medicalization of all societies becomes so political. I won't get into that because the end of the stream. But when yeah. it comes to this particular case, I mean, Dr. first Dash. of all, yeah, <laughs> first of all, the number one thing that has been since Freud and Young, which is transference, which I mean, if a doctor if, if a psychiatrist is cultivating a sort of guru-like relationship, I mean, that typically should be warded off at all costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also the, the sort of the fabulation that comes with it's on Twitch. It is live. It's, it's accessible like, instantly. Yeah. It's, it's not anyway. like a documentary on someone who is going through a psychological profile. That is like in the rear Completely view. Different. That's understanding. Yeah. Someone's it's like, it's like being in the, the wall in therapy. Exactly. It's like yeah. being it's like being in the Roman Colosseum in a way where the viewers yeah. they want to see blood. You know that they, guy? Yeah, no, for sure. They want to see the streamer cry, right? Yeah. Or like some yeah. big breakthrough. You know that psychologist on you well, there's a few of them on YouTube. The one guy with the glasses. Who's the guy's name? Oh wait, uh, nostalgia critic? No, fuck not Doug Walker. The psychi- <laughs> he's not a psychiatrist. I like how we both had nostalgia critic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not a psychologist. Would, he could have fooled him. I would, I would love that show so much if this nostalgia critic became nostalgia like critic goes to therapy. The show. <laughs> oh, that could work. Performs therapy. Um, yeah, performs therapy. There, he'll he'll be the psychiatrist. Yeah, there's that one guy. I actually he's have horrifying. a friend who uh, works with him in University of Toronto. Uh, John Verconde, how do you say his name? Verconde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like that's different when you're giving an analysis of like current events or people of note, or it's different like having an actual fucking patient there on a live stream. Like it's performative on some level. Yeah, there's a reason that no one has done that before. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and then mm. I talk. Well, about it's kind of video. illegal too. That's another. Well, oh, yeah, sorry, there's uh, all well, technically like he he makes some sign waivers saying that they they agree it's, not, it's therapy not therapy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's how he but, gets out of it. That's why I I don't even try and argue that it is therapy. I just try to argue in my video that it's from the perspective of Reckful, it was indistinguishable from therapy, and that exactly. there was yeah. evidence yeah. to support the idea that Reckful believed it was therapy. Um, but by the way, how say, long before that kind of stuff gets politicized? It already is actually with Hassan. But, yeah, there is the other side of the story yeah. though, which is that like it pushes the boundaries. It, I mean, it's like human limit testing, but like there are benefits to that, right? Yeah, it's like cinema verite as well. The guy who invented it, he like he didn't know mm. what the fuck he was gonna unleash upon the world. 
Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and it's funny because so, he died in relative obscurity, but look at like how just the grip of like in terms of culture, how like re- reality TV has like turned out, right? Like, and and YouTube yeah. and Everybody Twitch is almost like Game Boy or something. What is that? Are you playing something? Hmm. What? Who are you talking Game to? No, was... my Game Boy, my Game Boy died a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, spe- speaking of digital sound, maybe that was something. No, no, no. That, that that's the Clockwork Elves in your head <laughs> activating. <laughs> that's the Clockwork Elves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been in the cave for too long. Yes, <laughs> in the Goon Cave. And uh, the best was by the, the two way, soy jacks yeah. pointing at the that the. Pointing, they're like DMT and they're pointing Dude. at the fucking uh, the machine elf. <laughs> um, Lev, you got to get that artwork with the two guys pointing at it, pointing at the cross in the middle of the vision. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, two, the, the Beyond Me Chicken Soy Jacks. <laughs> that, that is a good idea. By the way, um, Fallen Student said Linkara. Were you thinking of Linkara or no? Geo. Oh, if you look up like any generic like dark triad on twitter um i think linkara <laughs> linkara oh my god um <laughs> linkara uh oh oh yeah dr todd grand grand grandy yeah mm. that guy i don't know grande he looks right. like doug walker a little bit I don't know. Your your stream of consciousness, uh, Grande, Grande, Ariana Grande, uh, yeah, Dan Grande. Schneider, Dan the Man <laughs> Schneider, Dan the Dan the Spider Schneider. Oh, Was man. Dan Schneider the cheese pizza? You better know that someone's paying the Pied Piper. Oh. So why don't you I'm... go on an inviter? It's okay. I have a lighter. Dan Do you want to make it? I rhyme for him. <laughs> Do you want to make it tight? <laughs> oh, well, Nickelodeon, they couldn't get any tighter, so. <laughs> True. Oh, God, yeah. That's what Dan Schneider was thinking when he uh, had all the feet symbolism. <laughs> in there. Wait, can it we... all goes back to feet, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can we find out, actually, like the people who installed that giant orange foot in Nickelodeon? Would we be able to find out, like, who okayed that? Who approved Who's that? Dan can we get. Can we get like Dan Schneider's signature? No, but he has higher like... ups. You're saying you're right. He's he... got handlers. Yeah, is he sure. still There's... alive? They're called footlers. footlers. Not only is he, <laughs> Geo. Not only is he alive, but Dan Schneider has he shed so much weight. Wow. Here, hold on. Let me fi- let me find a new photo of him because there is a photo of Dan. Sch- Here, look at this. This is what Dan Schneider looks like today, without and feet. he without feet. Here. Check check it out. Wow. Look- he looks like Sam Hyde. A little bit. <laughs> no, but he, he still like has Sam the jowl. He's got the jowl. Wait, hand, is, like, is Ariana is that Ariana Grande or is she photoshopped? Yeah. In? No, that's, no her. that's her. He looks like a f- walking Photoshop image. Yeah, they all do actually. That's they all look like Valley. warped. They look like warped, stretched out like photos. It's because they're reptilians. Yeah, they're shaped. That's why. Hmm. Well, there was that theory back in the day that Schneider was uh, doing the tech for certain shows like he was an internet whiz. So who knows? Maybe he has like dirty laundry on a lot of people. And that's, that's probably how he was why able he didn't to, get uh... pinched like other people. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Who was that guy that did all the boy bands the, that uh, Tim oh, Dillon uh, did a skit on? Yeah, yeah that was. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> What's his name? I love Tim Dillon, too. But what is the name of that here. guy? Oh, God. I tried. I tried. I actually personally asked Tim Dillon. 
but I think that at this point, um, this is still too small for him. So he, uh, this is, but I asked this like back in, uh, like a year. Count Dankula was on. Yeah. Yeah, Don't discount, man. And we had, uh, we had, well, now that we've been on. Oh yeah. Just tell them Glink and Sam were on. Glink and Slush. Glink and Sam. Now tell them Slush and Greg were on. Tell him Slush and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to love that. He's going to hop yeah, but, right in. But you met him in person, though, love. Or you know people. I did. You several did? times, yeah. Uh, great. You know, he's a nice guy. I mean, I met him uh, several times. Some of the times I met him when he was performing a comedy set. Other times I met him at Skankfest. And I love going uh, to Skankfest. I've Skank heard Fest. of Skankfest. Yeah. I this listened was to with some a... people who go to there. Like, uh... It's like... Uh... <laughs> that pause... Louis J. It's Gomez. Like the Bohemian Grove of <laughs> comedy people. No, it is. It's great. Here, let me. I'm going to find a we picture had Tony of me. Hinchcliffe on. That's Tony we friends. did, yeah. yeah. He's here. And we, and we talked to He's him Joe about Rogan's Chris Chan. Best friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, fuck. And by the way, guys, I, I feel like I've got to go soon. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I gotta go eat. Yeah, yeah me too. We all, I'm we starving. All, what the fuck, guys? We, we all have to go. I want to show you a picture real quick before before we all go. I just got to find it over here. But anyway, but, uh, let's go to guy, Super Chat. This Dylan, was yeah. the best skit. He's like, there's a lot of little twinks running around that don't need their <laughs> career. This guy, his name was John... Um, Podesta? He, he owned all the 90s boy bands, like Backstreet Boys, and he was alleged to be a cheese pizza-ist, and they had to what? call him uncle. He had a private what? jet. Yes, he had a private jet. He produced all the boy bands like In Sync, and he- oh, his name is Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman, Lou Pearlman. Yeah. Pearlman. I have and heard they- that name before. And they had to call him Uncle. Everyone had to call him Uncle in the bands. Like Dude, here he, he is. definitely like- did some stuff. Oh yeah, like uh, yeah, there you go. Oh man, <laughs> In Sync. Yeah, he produced. He was, uh- he, he was also, by the way, before Backstreet Boys, he was the owner of a blimp company. Yeah, I, I-, I love why. that. What was the he what was the that boy. what was he the is. black one though the the black boy band? There was a black boy band. <laughs> yeah, new kids on the block. New kids on the block. Like he. No, they're not black. They're not. I thought black. they new were. Kids, like, they're not black. Boys to oh, men. Fuck. <laughs> we have boys to men. men. There you go. He he Rock no he Hampton? produced uh, like almost all of them. I oh, thought there was crazy. a black boy band. No, no, there's no black Brock boy Hampton band for the Zoomers. Yeah, Brock uh, Hampton. That, that Brock is the black boy. Yeah, that's the even though there's a white guy in there. I'm trying to think of the unacceptable the 90s. <laughs> there had to have been an African American one. I swear to God, no, there, there, there was had a group. The MWA, but they're band. not a boy band. No, no, no. Man they, man. Like, they were trying to like make. The boy That's band why it's culture. boys to man. That's yeah. why it's boys to men. Yeah. The right, boy right, bands right, are not right. for uh, you boys know they they've that. gone to to, the to to the men. Yes, exactly. What do you think of it? NWA wasn't around for that long. Only like how. I'm trying to yeah. think. Well, I like There's I like the diss like track. Uh, I like the diss track that Easy E did on Dr. Dre no, after Vaseline? that. No, uh, real real motherfucking G's. Oh, I think that yeah. that was yeah. Where he showed off those old pictures of Dr. Dre wearing women's makeup. Do you know oh, what I'm shit. talking about? Shit. I forgot about that. That's kind I of a, Dr. showing that off is a little bit of a bitch move on Easy E's part. I think. Yeah, yeah, I gotta admit. Yeah. Is it? It was the it was the I 80s. So. Everybody kind of was into the whole feminine. One of my favorite yeah, songs glam. is the uh, Easy E and Ice T song "Natural Born Killers" because it was New Jack's entrance music. But like he fucking used it without oh, any like not, copyright. That's like how normal. That's like how average people dress in L.A. right now. Yeah, that's not even weird. That's in just fact, like the Easy E. 
everything goes in cycles. So the eighties, I mean, come on, that was like they weren't. The I mean, I guess yeah. to cycle. No, but even the eighties, like I guess if you were part of the glam, but that that's the thing. Yeah, it was, this is the no. Do you remember that? Uh, person now. Do you remember that a sketch from Dave Chappelle? Do you remember the Prince? Do you remember the Prince sketch from Dave Chappelle? How it was showed everybody was dressed up in the party, you know, like the people he said who were gangsters today, they were like dressed up in this frilly uh, tank top, like the fishnet tank top. Also, you know, that was considered okay. Boondocks episode. Yeah, Boondocks had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Prince. Prince, I think, has a high degree of manliness, but it's done in a similar way to JoJo. I think. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like JoJo is so manly yeah. that a, it doesn't. It's kind of like metrosexual or something. It's like he, it's the like lead singer of of Montreal, the lead singer of of Montreal. Yeah, well, it's I, I think like it's it's an ideal. It's kind of like David Bowie, where it's like an idealized version of the masculine and the feminine. It's not like yeah. um, complete mm. androgyny the way that like you know it's everything instead of nothing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Exactly. instead of yeah. needed. It's not total androgyny the way that, like, certain academics you know, think of it, or certain yeah, people. Yeah, it was more masculine where... than anything. It was like so masculine yeah. that you can be completely feminine and you're still masculine. Yeah, like glam bands. How many fourteen-year-old uh, yeah. girls did they have? <laughs> oh God, terrible. Mm-hmm. There, winger. there was also <laughs> there was also. Don't worry, I'm gonna get to super chats right now. But there was also a video with Tupac Shakur back in the day, a young Tupac. Where I'll be Absolutely. honest, he had a he had a little bit of feminine energy going on, like with certain. But he was saying some real shit. He was make... That's a good interview. He was yeah. saying some yeah. true stuff. It was, but I am interested in his history as far as his mom, Fanny Shakur. She was a Black Panther, but there was also this whole thing with the Feds infiltrating the Black Panthers. Watched the same and documentary, I... didn't you? Yes, exactly, <laughs> Exactto Telemundo. But regarding that documentary, I wonder if it was necessarily the truth. Maybe she was also part of the Three Letter Agency, in which case it would make sense. Like somebody like Tupac Shakur and the wife of Will Smith, they went to the same school in Washington. And um, mm. was it Washington D.C.? Bal- yeah, this. I think it was Baltimore Performing Arts. And so I wonder, like, how many of these celebrities are kind of coached to have a certain mm. kind of image by certain people to get, you know, a certain oh, that's thing in play? Do you, do you know oh, about yeah. like the the conspiracy of like a lot of the most prominent and influential rock bands of the '60s and artists of the '60s were all sons of or daughters and sons of. People who are in the military and in three not all of them though it was not like the all doors. of them but so so many of them yeah the doors is the most notable one but most like that wasn't true of the beatles or the who or uh bob dylan or um jimmy mm. hendrix or like any of the yeah. really good ones eric clapton but it was also was true of quite a few yeah eric clapton comes to mind but he didn't know his father his father was actually i believe a canadian gi that um mm hooked up with his mom uh no name i do listen to porcupine tree i like their older albums like uh, in absentia and deadwing um no yeah his mom w- hooked up with a canadian i believe soldier and he didn't know about his father for like almost till he was like 20 years old or something butterfly uh, style yeah um, all right i know we got we got to go real soon so here are the super chats onwards we go two hours ago we got croin kicks five dollars 
nobody's growing, they're just navel-gazing. Well, he's actually going to take that shit back in another super chat. <laughs> so No Name <laughs> says... For $2, Sneed. Thank you very much. I just Corn has Kicks. to say Sneed. <laughs> Croin, that's why I say Sneed us the Super Chats. Then Croin kicks $5. I take it all back. If Lev got some, then it's not navel-gazing Sneed. There we go. Croin kicks, so, uh, time, but Lev had a circle. few. Lev is a pussy slayer. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I had my fair share of relationships. He had two at- Japs. He had a Chinese. Oh, Geo. Come on. He had a, Are we in 1942? You like the Asian girls. I see. He had an Indian. Yeah, well, there is something about like the uh, cheekbones of uh, East Asian women that I find to be kind of like, <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, very, yeah. yeah, well, kind of cat-like. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're very they're feminine sort of like, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that cats are also me. feminine. You know what I mean? Like uh, Yeah, they are. Yeah. Cats it's... are feminine energy. Yeah. And dogs are male energy. And they're both great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they are both great. One I'm more completes of a cat the other. Person. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, Geo, a cat is fine too. And last super chat of the day, five dollars from Vicious Canid. Geo, if you like Cynic. Oh, I definitely agree with this. Geo, if you like Cynic, you should check out Exivicious. Oh no, I don't know what this is, but the second part Exivious? I agree. Exivious. Yeah, Exivious self-titled album. Also, Lev. This is the part that I agree with. Also, Lev. Did you ch- did you get Chomsky Honk from Xavier Renegade Angel? Yes, I did. <laughs> Chomsky Honk, uh, one of my favorite new uh, insults. Have you guys seen a, a Renegade, uh, Xavier I, Renegade uh, Angel? Yeah. You all oh, slushy. It was. Love it, it was always. Uh, it was always well. Slush is Canadian. That's why. Because it was always oh, on yeah. late night at like 3 a.m. on Adult Swim, way past when I should have gone to sleep. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is this? I remember watching Wonder Shows and like, was it YTV After Dark? Or I forget. But like the same people who made Wonder Shows and made Xavier. Um, okay. Yeah. Wait, but, uh, are you no, Yeah, man. Where are you okay. from? I'm in Toronto. <laughs> oh, no fucking way. Are you from Toronto? I live near Niagara Falls. <laughs> Okay, we're not yeah. that far. Uh, right? I know. Tor- Tor- Toronto, the good home like of a- naked news, including home of <laughs> so, hey, a particular. We're at the end of the street. Do not mention <laughs> that one girl from Naked News, please. No, Lev. Okay, there's this girl who used to do Naked News, this Greek woman. Lev stalks her on Instagram, goes through hour long crawls of all of her social media, including her parents and <laughs> everything. Her name was what? Pantos. Don't say it. Don't say it. Why are you <laughs> sorry, saying her name? Sorry. Christina right. Patelos. That's it. <laughs> oh God! Why are you saying her name? Jesus Christ! Okay. Well, now you. Wow. Now you know. Okay. Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. It's a recurring thing on BTR. Um, yes, no, it is that's a recurring... crazy. Unless you're in Toronto, man. Fuck. I, w- I want to bring her on the show. By oh. the way, so far she has not replied. We didn't do oh, the number breathing. I don't have the energy for it now. <laughs> okay dying yeah. fair enough she she just does this one of these uh multi-level marketing things right now and i'm and i'm all like Drop you know you could scam. you could promote this on btr yeah, come on he, BTR. The, he should post it on her personal facebook this drop shipping link and lev just goes in and hey do you want to come on the show i don't know why i find this so funny love you just you you just went for it straight up yeah, yeah, your person, not no. your public, person. No shame at all. And not only that, that but I sent her. Sometimes you gotta just go for it. 
but I sent her I sent her a DM saying I would love to talk about naked news years and oh, all the other things you've be been doing. Since then. It would be interesting. It would. It would. I'm you just saying. Just like, try it again. <laughs> yeah. No. In general, like beyond beyond this, uh, you know, like you know, seeing her back when I was in college. Beyond any of those kind of like psychological remnants. Just having somebody like that tell their story of how they came from like this <sighs> traditional Greek family and then how they found themselves in the midst of club culture because she's like with these muscle bound people named DJ, DJ Germs and Diesel. Like some, yeah, it's <laughs> Diesel, exactly. And like these Guido people who <laughs> found it naked news. Found it naked news. Yeah, and oh. how how she went how she went from that position to um, you know being a, how she went from a traditional Greek Orthodox home to being in that position, and then like where she it's is right sad. now, just chronic. Yeah, very just chronic. Yeah. Maybe it's not sad. Maybe maybe it's interesting. Maybe she has it's an a interesting tragedy. life. Definitely, there's some know. tragedy yeah. involved somewhere. <laughs> There's something after here. after the stream. I'll show you a little GIF I made. But anyway, no, this is the please. end of the stream. Oh, <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for watching. I mean, we could do the Wim Hof method, but it's too late right we'll now. We'll do it in person like, for the next podcast. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, heaven yeah. Heaven All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com. This is the last thing. This is the last thing that I got to promote. Patreon.com. If you become a patron, you are going to get a lot of great stuff. You are going to get... I am serious, by the way. The people who are watching this right now, I'm looking at your eyes right now, and I know that your inner, your inner <laughs> being, your God being, is telling you, become a patron, break the rules today, because we are going to go extremely far. We have just begun the fight right now. Despite the algorithms, despite anything, we've been growing like crazy thanks to your help, and we bring everybody together. We had on, listen, we had on Sticks, Hex, and Hammer 666, with Jessica DeLoach, who worked for Pete Buttigieg's campaign, who was part of the Democratic, uh, she still is part of the Democratic that Party. Was a, that uh, was a, a mental uh, snuff film, that stream. Oh by God. the way, if you guys ever have uh, philosophical debates or whatever, I would be very interested because I don't really Absolutely. often debate people, but it is. Mm. It is. I love it. Thing. Yeah, I, I I would love to do that. I mean, let me know which particular subjects you will be interested in debating, and I will do that. By the way, here's a picture of me and Joey Diaz. I, know I just nice. had this randomly on so. Facebook there, but he's a he's a good guy. Anyway, when you become a patron, you are going to get a lot of great stuff. You are going to get MP3s of the episodes after they come out before anybody else does. You are going to get Patreon-only episodes where you as a patron can actually participate in the episodes. And we have it pretty often that when we have certain streams, we'll invite patrons on as well. If you want to come on and talk with particular people, you are going to get a chance to do that. As I said before, you can post images into the chat over here and, uh, you know, viewable to the entire world, again, within reason. And when you become a $20 patron, you are going to get a beautiful magnet from my father, Alexander Polyakov. He does the best magnets. I know, Gio, can you do like a Trump impression? Like how would Donald, how would Donald Trump he say, you know? One of the truly the best illustrators, like the magnets, truly amazing, the best. You know, the biggest magnets, the biggest, the best. Damn, it mag- looks like yes. you're getting absorbed by the sun in there, by the way. Huh? Me getting absorbed yeah. by the sun? Yeah. Oh, I triggered some sort of digital sound in my room. Oh, Today man. I was watching. You heard the digital wrong. sound, too. 
See, yeah, I'm hearing not it crazy. Right now. Tom, I heard yeah. it from you. You know what it is? I think it's Havana Syndrome. Look it up. That's oh, what's probably going Havana on with here. We all have We're going to get yes. banned on YouTube for that. Oh, God, so here is the uh, here is the $20 tier reward. Here's an oh, example cool. of some of these beautiful magnets. So my father, uh, my father made... Absolutely. My father makes these, and here is for all the Sticks fans. I want to show this off one second. Here is the beautiful wooden dragon. Sticks just got this one in the mail a couple of weeks ago. Hold on, it's loading. It's a big picture, but it'll be well worth it. Here, let me try it again with the second picture. Here, Whoa. look at this magnet. <laughs> so my nice. father made this beautiful magnet. No, it's not a magnet. This is like a big wooden piece, but it can also be like a small wood magnet as well if you do the $20 tier. $50 kind tier, like a, he'll be... Or a borrow thing in the middle there. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Uh, that sticks as uh, that sticks a symbol mm. reinterpreted in this form. So fifty dollars would give you something pretty close to this. Twenty dollars would give you like a smaller version that's made out of wood as an actual magnet, and it's very very beautiful. I guarantee these are. We need certain goods that resonate that aren't just oh, made you missed thirty dollars in a factory. Oh, no, no, I'm going to get to the $30. Don't oh, you okay. worry. Don't you worry, Gio. For $30, we are going to have an exquisitely beautiful print from Giovanni Panicchietti. Let me look up the print right now because I usually put it where it's only um, visible to you know, the chat. Yeah, it's only visible to the chat. I got to find it right here. Is this it? I think this is it. Hold on. Patreon print that MP4. Maybe this is a code word for something else. Here there we go. go. There we are. Okay, take so a look at this. One, no GF series. One of five. If it's a small one, I'll give you two, though, because there's two smaller ones. Oh, that's cool. Yes, this is very, very beautiful. <clears throat> Woodblock. And and $50 patrons, like I said before, are going to get above. all of the above. Plus, Plus you're going to get like a custom prints of thumbnails that my father painted upon request only. You are also going to get the uh, Warhammer 40K figures from Jules P. Hamilton, uh, beautifully painted. And you are also going to get another painting from Geo in the Bob Ross style. And I think that's pretty much it. But we're always having new things. I'm in talks right now with a certain Brazilian company to uh, be our sponsor. Wow. So I'm um, not going to say <laughs> anything else. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I know you got some ties in Brazil, uh, Geo. But anyway, guys, this is it. Thank you so much for. Well, first of all, plugs. Once again, thank yeah, you, you forgot the big... most important. <laughs> yes. Go to Slush thank TV. You. Go. go to Slush TV. Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Uh, Rome was not built in the day. So go to Slush uh, TV underscore at Slush TV underscore. That is Slush's Twitter. Please follow Slush and uh, then go to Glink on uh, Twitter, which is Glink Live. And I really dig that anime avatar, by the way. Uh, for, uh, did a, who painted that? My brother drew that. He also made the painting that pokemon nice nice but he uh drew that to symbolize uh it's kind of like the character from fully Cooly, naota the kid but mm. it's just like a different version with the third eye and stuff that's cool <laughs> by the way speaking of the third eye this is so good look what i just got on twitter over here this is amazing there you go see uh. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like it looks like the entrance to a ufo now that it's yeah. framed this way oh my god yeah <laughs> I remember so we had that one stream Meta Nomad where he was taking you to task on that, but um, oh man, no. First of all, I don't YouTubes. need I don't need oh, any sorry. of Meta Nomads. I don't need any of Meta Nomads little rituals. Okay, I can do this shit without the rituals. Oh, I don't so. know. I beg to differ. Anyways, go to their Twitters. Sorry, go to their YouTube channels. Although I'm pretty sure everyone knows. So, uh, go to first of all, Glink's YouTube channel. 
So mm-hmm. left, you can throw it up. Then mm-hmm. um, Slush TV. Yeah. And you will find excellent documentaries, um, various... Uh, oh, shit. Uh, I didn't realize this, but... Like, Slush, you got you worked with our good friend uh, Noah Hugbox, or... Oh yeah, we did a podcast yeah. with them on the Gush. Yeah, podcast. we have we have oh, a podcast shit. called Gush, and we actually That's just right. had an episode with Noah, uh, Noah Hugbox. And, nice. Uh, yeah, nice. that was a good one. But we do nice. Twitter.com/slash/gushpodcast. Here it is. Please follow Gush Podcast. And uh, also, not as professional as you guys, by the way. So not even close. Yeah. <laughs> I like your guy. This is like the best podcast I've ever been on. I enjoyed yeah. this. A wow. Lot. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate and that. And Slush, remember, he also made one of the best Notch documentaries, or, um, well, not documentary, but you know what I mean Notch videos. Um, go and watch it. Uh, Glink, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, always great content. I also like how you said that in an Alex Jones voice. That was very Always nice, Joe. content. Yes. <laughs> uh, YouTube.com. <laughs> one day. YouTube.com. YouTube.com. Subscribe slash content. YouTube.com slash TV. And finally, I want to... I have no idea. I have no idea what you guys are doing the day before Thanksgiving, but the day before Thanksgiving on the 24th, which is a Wednesday, which is not traditional for BTR, we are going to have the Turkey Tom Thanksgiving special. And I would love to extend the invitation to you guys. <laughs> nice. If you want to come back on that day, sure. you are more than welcome to. Okay. I'm down. What, what is? Are we roasting tur- Turkey Tom? Can it be the roast of Turkey Tom? Yeah. Oh, that's sure. Be. Let's do yeah. it. Please, yeah. Let's do that. Let's yes. And also, I'm going to try to get in my uh, friend who works at the New York Times who wrote a book where he was uh, doing the talking points of Gamergate from the perspective of who won Gamergate. And uh, it would be interesting interesting to speak with him about Gamergate. Oh, my God. In a is little- there really <laughs> any winning in Gamergate? There's no winning. What is no Gamergate? Winning. Is it even real? I think it's done. Gaslight. It's a psyop. It's ancient. It seems like it was a thousand centuries ago. To quote Ga- Gamergate is like the it's like the Graham Hancock, uh, you know, apocalyptic yes. event that wiped out and the survivors are left. <laughs> well, it's ground zero of the internet. Exactly. Oh. It, it's the uh, it, it's the first impact. First that, impact. That's what it is. It's the first impact first of the impact. internet for sure. Yes, exactly. Well, listen, we're gonna guys, have this, this journalist that yeah. Lev knows debating. Um, we could get Matt Forney on. There you go. Yeah, Forney, Forney. Oh, that'd be hilarious! Oh, he'll, Forney, he would be throffing at the mouth to like trash a journalist on Gamergate. That'd be no, no. But we yeah. we should be nice. We should be respectful. Yeah, Again, yeah. we're debating the ideas, not not insulting, not hurling feces. But anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, thank you so much, uh, Slush. Thank you so much, Glink. Thank you so much, Geo. Thank you so much for watching. Subscribe, like, click the goddamn bell. I forget the bell. Click that bell right now to make sure you always get whatever BTR is cooking. And next week, Turkey Tom <laughs> Thanksgiving special. And we are also going to have on Alex Kachuda. She is back. And we are also going to have Mary Harrington joining her as well. And then next week, and then the week after that, we are going to have Jason Stapleton coming in on BTR for the uh, first time, you know, big libertarian uh, 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 podcaster talking about uh, self-sufficiency now a lot. 